0: You ready? Yes. Ready to start? Yes. Ready to go? Yes. Hey! Does up banrone eh? Hop to dream at lata dot dunroan. Hello! in the beverage toots up a tootha days of bop to boot the days of bones of bop bop bobby.
1: Hello, do we have to pay royalties? Or <laughs>
0: Welcome once again to Serious Disney, the podcast where we take animation and animation adjacent things seriously. This time, as I'm sure you're aware from the title, we're talking about that Jungle Book remake, What They Done. Now, regular listeners will know that due to circumstances, we often end up putting the episodes up rather a long time after we've recorded them. Uh, That is to the extreme in the case of this particular episode, which was recorded, I think, at the tail end of 2017. Now, that doesn't change our discussion of the actual film itself, but the reason I tell you is that it does change. Um, our predictions about what this film means for the future of the Disney Remakes franchise, uh, if franchise it can be called. So I wanted to know going in that this was recorded before we'd even seen so much as a clip of the Lion King remake, um, that's where we are in the timeline, and that means that this discussion gets quite interesting, um, but towards the end particularly, in terms of the predictions that we make about the series and the ways in which we're right, but mostly, the ways in which we're wrong. You'll see what I mean when you get there, uh, some of it rather made me laugh, some of it rather made me think. Um, so yeah, I th- this is quite, I think this is quite a good episode, here we go, The Jungle Book, enjoy it, bye! Hello, it's Serious Disney's Jungle Style! Yes, it is. And we're watching, we have watched, Yes. Disney's The Jungle Book. 2016. 2016.
1: We should introduce ourselves again, because
0: we keep forgetting to. I'm Dave Bulmer.
1: I'm Jahan Rana-Singh. We know about cartoons. And talk about them.
0: Yeah. So we've been watching all of the Disney remake. There isn't really a word we can call this live series, action
1: remakes. Even though live yeah. action is really stretching it for this film in particular,
0: and remakes is stretching it for some of the others. But yes, yeah. whatever this series is, we've been watching those, and yeah. this is this is a the first one that I've really liked. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but um, we we then that's a surprise because we both have. I think it's fair to say that the Jungle Book, Disney's the Jungle Book. Yeah. Sixty seven. Sixty seven is um it's something that for people our age and above yeah. is is like in a lot of people's lives. Yeah. But I would say that me and you particularly more than average yeah. have this in our lives.
1: Yes. Yeah, this was an important one. Yeah. You know? And
0: therefore we could have been susceptible to grumbling about a remake of it.
1: Yeah. Or I suppose some kind of like knee jerk. Yes positive reaction to it. Yeah. Just or by virtue of the fact that it's The Jungle Book. But, like, mm. I feel like our reaction to this film is neither of those two no, things.
0: No, no. It it, this film really surprised me because it didn't really remind me of The Jungle Book, the uh, animated Jungle Book. No. It, it kind of came with its own list of pros and cons and it just yeah. established itself to me but um, so we're going to open the podcast this time with uh, something that is a segment that we've used in real life before yes. <laughs> but not on a podcast <laughs> which is the Disney baggage segment yes um, when we uh, when we would watch Disney films together um, back when we sort of started this but in yeah. an offline way um, I liked to open proceedings with a what is your baggage with this film just because it's something I'm interested in yeah, yeah. Disney films are films that are I think with a lot of Disney films the baggage is is more than 50% of your relationship with a film. Yeah. So tell me, what is your Disney baggage with The Jungle Book?
1: Uh, The Jungle Book was definitely one of my favorites. Mm. Like it was one of the ones in my rotation of films. Not so much a rotation, more more series of phases throughout mm. my life of like yeah. I would have films that i would watch over and over and over again some of them were disney films including uh, this and the lion king Uh then there was some i think space jam was in there for a while
0: we are inevitably going to run out of disney animated films to talk about we're not doing space jam i've never seen it though that's the thing i'm prepared to keep i'm prepared to hold on to that chastity (laughs) until such a time As you might want to discuss it.
1: And lose your Space Jam virginity, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Look, we can do it if you can (laughs) think of a way to work the phrase Space Jam into the phrase serious business.
0: Okay, I'll work on it. If
1: you can come up with a pun that I don't immediately, allergically reject.
0: (laughs) I just say it, and if my face remains... Free of projectile vomit, then we can do the Then podcast. we can do
1: that. I'm
0: very much certain that you will not be able to do that. <laughs> okay, right.
1: <I'll laughs> this do- is my way of saying no. <laughs> um, so anyway... <laughs> anyway, the Jungle Book. Yes. Yeah. Um, the Jungle Book was definitely, definitely in my rotation. Uh, it... I can't remember why. I can't mm. remember specifically why.
0: You don't know your initial introduction to it. No, because oh. I do see my all the baggage I'm going to say in a minute. Yeah. is not really to do with owning the film or watching it. Yeah. It's, it's the weird little ways in which before these things were easily available, they kind of it just just worked their way into your world.
1: I think this was one of the ones that I had taped off TV, but yeah. the version that I had taped off TV was very poor quality and was missing a section, oh, which section? of about five minutes or so, I
0: think. It's I am firmly of the opinion that that actually enhances a film.
1: It kind of... <laughs> it does. It kind of... It attaches a certain mystique yes. to that one
0: section yeah, of the and then, film. Because when you... It like, so mine is Santa Claus the movie. My, yeah. my bro As you know, one of my favourite yes. films. My brother wanted to make sure it was recording. So yeah. he... Took the video out to look at it to see if it was going round and round.
1: I see, and, yeah. Uh,
0: and as a result, we did miss a section towards the end. And <laughs> still, I now have spent more years owning that film on DVD and Blu-ray and what have you yeah. than I ever did owning it on VHS. Yeah. And still, that section is like the whoa, the, the outlying weird bit, the forbidden section yeah, <laughs> that makes it all really interesting. Yeah. What bit was it in the Jungle Book?
1: It world? was basically everything from. Right after I want to be like you, mm. like at the at the point where like Balu's disguise falters, mm-hmm. uh, it cut about there and picked up a few minutes later when Balu and Bagheera are talking and like you know, talking about the fact that he has to go back to yeah. the man village and so forth and you know with a with an air of like well that whole thing didn't go very well yeah. Uh, so, so it's not
0: much then. It is... it is That is one of the next scenes, I think, isn't it? It is
1: one of the next scenes, but, like, it did not mean that for a long, non-insignificant period of my fandom of the Jungle Book. <laughs> yeah. The of the Jungle Book. <laughs> yeah. I actually know how the King Louis section actually ended. Oh, because so, you didn't see the, the... Didn't see the temple collapse. Yeah. Or anything. All right, Like.
0: Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. So, yeah.
1: I... And that was obviously one of my favourite sections of the film. It's King Louie. <laughs> yeah. Um... And I didn't
0: even know what happened with him. So it's like... Why did... We know why I was missing a bit of Santa. Why were you missing a bit of this program? It's beyond me. Yeah. I don't know that it was
1: not recorded on my watch. It was just mm. a video that... Yeah. You know, because obviously I have a brother who's five years
0: older than yeah, me. And you so. couldn't have videos on watches in those days. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> um, so it was presumably was recorded oh, so for you're him saying it's some...
0: sabotage. No.
1: No, <laughs> no, I'm... My brother will probably listen to this at some point. So I just want to make... <laughs> Clear, Darren, that I'm not accusing you of sabotaging the Jungle Book video. I'm just saying it was probably recorded for yeah. you because I'm now addressing the the entire rest of
0: this podcast mm. specifically to my brother. Yeah, but it works so, for the for the Greens, for the Vlogbrothers uh, Grand Experiment. So we might as well talk to a specific. <laughs> so I, so hi Andy, <laughs> this, this one's directed at you. This is this is one for all the brothers out there. <laughs>
1: um, but.
0: Yeah, this so dedicated to all the siblings in the nation. <laughs> whose voice was that? Uh, some child. It's all the ravers in the nation. Okay, it's a nineties sample that I heard once. Anyway, <laughs> so that
1: section of the film was missing. Don't know why it was missing. Much like the section of the podcast <laughs> <laughs> that, that we're gonna cut. Um, like, and then years, a couple of years later, yep. this was one of very few videos actually that we actually
0: purchased. Mm. The actual, the video, the the actual video, and that is rare. Uh, there's the having taped something off the TV. I yeah. don't remember ever then purchasing the real video of it. Yeah, Ga- you know, including Santa Claus. Even if there was a gap, yeah, if there was a problem with it, I'd wait and tape it again one day. Yeah. If I, you know, because I then had a stereo video recorder yeah. or something like that, but I never, never went as far as to buy something I already taped off telly. So that's very. Yeah,
1: it was that uncommon shows for the us. Love. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it was partly because the copy that we had was not particularly good and the missing a section. And yeah, it was just, this one is very, very fondly edged in my memory. I, you know, I had a, you know, I had a very, very strong sense memory of all of the. Just the sound of the voice acting, mm, the sound yeah. of
0: the way that the music is mixed and produced yeah, exactly the specific sound quality of it, I mean.
1: yeah, and uh you know the, the 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 way it's colored and that that sinking, deflating sensation that you get when you come to the rubbish ending <laughs> <laughs> oh I'm, I disagree, I like the ending. Well, th- that's
0: something I'm sure we'll discuss it, later on.
1: What of yours? What, what, what Well, your mine, experience? Was,
0: mine was uh, weirder than that, because it did not involve owning the film. Um, okay. I ha- had you seen the film? No. <laughs> right. Because in those days, you couldn't, just at the drop of a hat. It was always my ambition to see it. I had books of it. Yeah. I had, um, but particularly, the main thing that I had was I had this tape. I just, I have this tape in which the story of the Jungle Book is read to you by a man with a voice like that, who goes, <laughs> My name's Bagheera, and I live in the jungle. In the jungles of India, they call me Bagheera, the panther. Now I'm going to tell you the story of a small boy named Mowgli. I found him in the dark, quiet jungle on the night it all began. Was it Bagheera? Well, it wasn't the man who. No, so it wasn't Bagheera yeah, in the film. Yeah, yeah. No. Okay. So and he and it's the same and I've since found out thanks to the internet that it's the same man who with the same voice was like oh you know I'm the man from Mary Poppins or whatever <laughs> <laughs> I, you know I I'm um what's Cinderella I'm Cinderella <laughs> No uh, I'm Merlin for instance Right okay and um and But it was done using samples from the film. So it had all the songs, but also had lots of sections of of dialogue leading up to and away from the songs, but also just on their own. And it was, especially if you did happen to have, as I did, some form of book of the Jungle Book that you could be looking at the pictures. Yeah. Like, in those days, that was what we had. It wasn't out on video. Yeah, yeah. And um, it it just peaked in. It just peaked into life in different ways. Uh, One thing I remember very keenly was that they, um, at the department store Lewis's yeah. every year, they had this absolutely amazing Santa's Grotto. And you yeah. know how, you know, any given shopping center, the kids can go and meet Santa and sit on his lap and yeah. what have you. Well, at this particular shop, the queue for this was an inside an artificially built cave, essentially, ah. that you would walk through. And on either side and all the way, there was these giant animatronics, um, of, of different things. And it would be a different thing every year. Okay. And I remember there was a, there was a, 101 Dalmatians year there was an Aladdin year and this was long before Disney did Aladdin Oh, I see. and when Disney hadn't done it then they reverted to whatever the Ladybird version was right. and they built it based on the illustrations from that and you got to Santa and he gave you the book ah. so you got this wholesome present of Santa you got a book yeah. of a thing you've just been walking through honestly it was amazing I mean, that actually sounds really good it, been amazing? Yeah. it was and the Jungle Book one um, I don't remember what all of the, the displays were Except for the fight between Shere Khan and Baloo. This was Disney Jungle Book. Disney Jungle Book. Yeah, okay. And it was um, it was a, a big wall with the two of them, like, you know, Baloo's grabbing onto his tail or whatever, and they're thrashing about, like, because it was quite big and visceral yeah. and, and scary in front of you. Um, and so there was that. Maybe that was the book that I was then okay. looking through as I listened to the tape. And then finally, 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 after after campaigning, like... <laughs> I want to go and see The Jungle Book. They did. After re- the writing to your MP. Yeah. They <laughs> released it. Um, uh, they re released it in cinemas. Well, I can't remember what year it was, but whatever year they released The American Tale. Okay. Because now I had two films I wanted to see. Yeah, yeah. And essentially it was like, well. We've got one day out, so pick one. Yeah, and it was it was picked for me. I think we it was um, presumably based on the tastes of the grown ups who were taking me. Yeah, um, we went to see American Tales. So, oh no! So then That's finally, the finally, finally, it turned out to be the wrong choice. At the time, I knew no better. Was yeah, fine. finally, my school got a copy of it yeah. on a reel. They invited us all back. And it was just the most exciting possible thing. Imagine this. It's <laughs> night time. It's after school. You're allowed back in school. Yeah. You know, primary school, about six or seven. There's, uh, you know, you're in the uh, the dinner hall, but all the seats have been made into like an auditorium. Wow. They've pulled down the, uh, the, the, the sort of the white pulley downy thing that they would normally use an overhead projector yeah, to, to yeah. project hymn lyrics onto. <laughs> yeah. Today, they've got a projector with a reel at the back of the hall. That's and then, awesome. And then putting the Jungle Book on, and you were allowed to bring as many sweets as could be fitted into your Sony box. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, it was amazing. And we just sat and we watched Jungle Book, and just think of that. I was watching something I knew, like you, yeah. all the sounds of. Yeah. But I only knew the highlight reel. Yeah. So here was like the... It was like the Peter Jackson extended edition, <laughs> but when those were good. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> and, um, and so, just... Amazing. And that's still what the jungle book is now. When I see the film The Jungle Book, yeah. never have I gone through an experience of learning the bits that I didn't already know off that tape. Yeah. So it's always an extended edition to me. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, so I just it's a film I find fascinating. Yeah. I've got all those important bits yeah. right locked down in my head. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it, in fact one of the um there was a couple of uh little quotes from things that me and my brother both couldn't figure out what they were from for years, and we were like, "What were th- What are those two quotes from?" Yeah, and one of them is from the Jungle Book. It's "He ran away," <laughs> which is Richard Bagheera. <laughs> what was the other one? Oh, it was "You don't understand." <laughs> Particular ways of people saying things. Oh, that stick what in your head. was that? That's from Bedknobs and Broomsticks. Right. And so,
1: does the? Would you say that the new film kind of functions as like a, the the super special edition?
0: The new film. <laughs> Just, it doesn't even cross over. It, it's, yeah, yeah, it's too different. It, it doesn't put, it's, it doesn't do, it's not a Beauty and the Beast where it kind yeah. of goes, okay, compare me to this other film. Compare oh, me to this other film now. At all times,
1: compare yeah. me to this other compare
0: film. Compare me unfavourably to this yeah. other film. I assume, haven't seen it yet, but yeah.
1: come on. I and, can, I have seen it. Yes, it is that. Um no, but Jungle that's Book, for a future podcast. Yes,
0: Jungle Book comes in with its... 20, Jungle Book 2016 comes in with all of its own ideas, yeah. And um, so maybe it was because of that. But the thing is, it, it, it now and then it'll it'll say to you like, "Remember the Jungle Book," and you go like, "Yeah, I remember the Jungle Book." So what? Yeah. And and then it and then it quickly makes you forget that and does its yeah. own thing. Like it opens with the music from the Jungle Book, which is amazing. Yeah, yeah. I was, and I should have maybe been feeling cynical then. Perhaps I would have been going like, oh yeah, come on then. Yeah, impress me then. Yeah. But, no, for some reason, something about the way that they did it just made me go like, hey! Yeah. hey," And I think I know what it was. Go on. Well, for me, it's just because it's it's not an obvious nostalgia note to play. No, that's the thing. They play it nostalgically in an interesting way. They open on what we now know as the established current Disney logo with the train and thing. But 2D animated! Yeah. It's a 2D animated version of that. So it's like, they're inviting you, like, they're going like, hey guys, yeah, you old people, remember <laughs> Disney? Remember 2D? Yeah. Well, bear with us. Yeah. And then you get the music and they're like, right. And yeah. then, as you pan through the jungle, it becomes real. Yeah. And it, I, something about the timing of it, it's just handled right. Yes, it
1: is. It is. I mean, I suppose this is the point where we just we talk in yeah. broad broad strokes. We liked we, this film. We really
0: liked this film. We really liked this, this film. This is good.
1: Yeah, this is I would agree with you that this is the first of these films that is really good.
0: Unequivocally good. I mean yeah. um I, I... Uh, you liked Cinderella a lot more than I did, and and, yeah. I th- and I think that your response to that was basically good or like really good. Yeah, um, I was uh, there. Was, it had too much stuff in it that kind of annoyed me. While you know, in among the 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 one that I didn't really mention on the podcast, which I'm going to mention here because this film absolutely doesn't do this. Yeah, is that the that Cinderella had? I thought an intrusive musical score. Which was basically huh. always dialed up. You were always do 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 do. Something was always happening. Scene transitions had yeah. a constant, like, da, da 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 going on. Yeah. Whereas this, I mean, Abby pointed it out to me. I hadn't even noticed because I was just engrossed. This has quiet moments, which that film didn't really allow.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's a different sort of film. Um, yeah. But 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 a better one.
0: I, I think. mean, that's just one of the ways in which, yeah. I just happen to prefer this sort of film, and yeah. So yeah. this is this is one where I pretty much unequivocally, even though I had as I was watching it little nitpicks, yeah, they didn't colour my enjoyment of the film, and I, and I spent the whole thing going like, this is good, yeah. This one's good, <laughs> and then I watched it again. I watched it by myself, going, this is good, and then I was like, is it good enough that Abby will like it? Yeah, because. Um because Abby is a, a monster <laughs> yeah, well yeah as we as everyone knows yeah no um Abby, my my wife listeners um she is uh she was an animal's kid, yeah, do you know what I mean like Lion king came out at the right time for her yeah, she had books about the how noble animals are yeah and i was I was staying around her house last christmas yeah and i I just started leafing through a book that she had as a kid, and it was about this this uh stag, yeah and the whole first, like, two paragraphs, the entire opening page, was just a description of his antlers. <laughs> just beating up this stack. Yeah. <laughs> this is the kind of book that Abby would have, like, yeah. that Abby read as a, as a teenager. Yeah. And so I was like, will this stand up to that kind of scrutiny? <laughs> yeah. If I say, watch this as your 13-year-old self who's just, like, who's currently into The Lion King, has just gone through the Animals of Farthing Wood phase, yeah. this... Will this work? And I can confirm that it, it lit her up. She absolutely, like, she she sat down going like, okay, I'll give it a chance. Yeah. And, and by the end was actually, like, laughing and crying with happiness. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent.
1: That, and, you know, look, I like I said, I like Cinderella.
0: Yeah. But none of the other
1: films pre, prior to this do that. No. Um, or subsequent to it.
0: Uh, yet. We'll see. But is, yeah, I'm I'm happy to hold back on this, but at some point we're going to have to say this that this is a an audition piece for the Lion King isn't it yeah it is uh, and we'll go into
1: more mm. detail on how that pans out and how it could actually potentially create problems for the Lion yeah. King yeah. like in a little bit
0: but um, just tell me when you think it's suitable to drop this this topic in because I'm not sure when we should talk about it but we'll come to that
1: a little bit yeah. later when we start drilling into it a bit. Yeah. but
0: um, but yeah we like this film. we like
1: this a lot and <laughs> I'm sure that you have left out the one thing from your reaction on both occasions to it that I'm sure you must have thought Yeah. in that you probably wish you saw this in the cinema, right?
0: Yes. Yep. I really wish I'd seen it in 3D. Yeah. I do wish I'd seen it in 3D because there's just so much going on. Yeah. Um... There's, a, there's one moment in the whole of it that I can think of that's a gimmick 3D moment, which is when Baloo is sniffing him awake, so you've got this big nose in your face. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the rest of it, I was just sitting there going like, oh, I can just see how this would, would be.
1: Yeah, it. W- I, can, I did see mm. it in the cinema in 3D, and yeah, mm. sure worked well. Uh, one of the more impressive 3D experience yeah. movies that they've made, and it's it's a real testament to how well it's done that... It stands up outside the cinema as well as it does, yeah. Because it it's such an experience movie, mm. you know. It's
0: yes, and I've not had that. You yeah, yeah, you'll have you'll have had that that I'm there that that is immersive yeah. experience, which I haven't had. Have. I've only seen it as a a film. Yeah, um, and I say that that's. And I'm 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 speaking of that specifically because there are some films that I've seen that were a palpably different experience to watch them at home as a film in in two D, frankly, yeah, yeah, or, or not on IMAX or whatever it happened yeah. to be. And yes, I'm guessing this was one of them.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's it, it, there's a lot about it that you could compare to Avatar mm-hmm. for that reason in terms of yeah, it is very much one of those let us take you into a mm-hmm. world sort of movies. Um, in, a lot, in, in in some ways, it actually holds up better outside the cinema than Avatar does in in certain ways. It has a lot to kind of get its to get your teeth into yeah. with it. And I think part of the reason for that is because this one, it doesn't feel... This one doesn't feel opportunistically like, oh, what movie do we have in our back catalogue that we can turn into a, a live-action experience movie? Mm. Insofar as it's not... That thought is not a knee-jerk to them, because Disney have been here before. Disney seem to have had a relatively long-standing interest in turning the Jungle Book <laughs> into a live-action experience. Hence the fact they tried it before, yes. in 1994. With yeah, the Stephen or was it that long ago? Got yeah, it. with the, uh, the Stephen Summers version, which was more of an action, ad- well... which Which was more of an action adventure than the 67 version. I don't think it was necessarily more of an action adventure than this one is.
0: No, the the, the main thing, I don't really remember that film, but when I try, what I remember is him tooling around with humans
1: in a town
0: rather than being in the jungle particularly. So it's it's one of those, you know, da-da-da, goes to New York type films rather than...
1: Yeah, (laughs) but it is interesting though that Disney have clearly had their eye on the Jungle Book for yeah. a long time as a as a thing that they did in 1967 as a cartoon, and they did it as this, you know, this freewheeling jazz comedy. But yeah. they seem to have had this grain in their head for a long time that this is something we can do something different
0: with. Well, I think part of why is that the the, the animated Jungle Book is... Um, it It doesn't really have much to do with the Jungle Book as much as it has to do with the sort of thing that was cool at the time when they made it. Yeah. You know what I mean? The, yeah. We, we don't... It's not... You know, who cares what the story is in, in that film? It almost yeah. isn't anything. It's it's just sketches and music videos, really. Basically, yeah. And it was... It, really, it's kind of a surprise that it's so much of a cultural thing that it is, because it's just a sort of sketch show. They're really good sketches. <laughs> they're good sketches, And yeah. really good music. Yeah. Um, that's, the, that's the thing, yeah. Part of what makes the, that Jungle Book work is that they f- frankly they cast it right. I mean yeah. if you've uh, seen the thing about the um, the Shermans talking about I wanna be like you and what they were writing was basically like shooby dooby doo, the she be dee bd. Yeah. And they were they were just writing like the squarest equivalent of jazz. Yeah. And then in come these two guys who go like, No 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 Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and also we're bringing our band.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Get out the way, kids. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. So and that's but that's what was the jungle book was Basically, the casting of those two guys. Yeah. And then, some, and then some other sort of established Disney voices that they already had. Yeah. Nagira and Carr had been doing voices in their films for ages. Yeah. And, and it just worked. It was just them going like, hey, let's, we, here are our skills. Boof. Let's put them in this film. Boof. Was Sterling Holloway Carr before Winnie the Pooh or was this after Winnie the Pooh? <laughs> I can't remember, but it was definitely after Dumbo and he was in that. So it's... Dumbo? Really? Yeah, he's Mr. Stork. That's going back a long time, isn't it? Mm. I don't know. Oh, okay, I didn't realise his affiliation with yeah, Disney that's was it. that Yeah, it. It goes back so <laughs> far. Okay, okay, I couldn't tell you if... <sighs> Winnie the Pooh might have been two films later, or it might the have been two films The 70s, earlier. wasn't it? Was it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah.
1: Yeah, and this was... Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're
0: right, yeah. We were wrong about this, um, but I think you'll understand when I tell you why. Um, the Winnie the Pooh, the The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, is sort of what is thought of as the original Disney Winnie the Pooh, um, but it is made out of three short theatrical cartoon shorts that you know the, of the sort that go on before full-length films, um, which they had already made. So the date given for The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh online and generally is the seventies, like late seventies. So I assumed that the shorts because I did know that there was shorts originally, but I assumed that they came out, you know, at around the same time, and it's just sort of latterly that we think of it as a stitch-together film. But no, actually the shorts came out like ten years earlier. But that still puts them at almost exactly the same time as the jungle book came out, and I've just looked it up, and the first of the Winnie the Pooh shorts was the year before the jungle book and the second was the year after The Jungle Book, I think. So we're looking at more or less the same time, and it's difficult to pin down like exactly what would have been recorded first, or cast first, or whatever. But yeah, technically, Sterling Holloway played Winnie the Pooh before he played Car, just. If we go by release dates. Okay, but yeah, I mean... So this is probably what got him
1: that, that gig. Yeah, I mean, it's not like they're similar
0: characters. No, but I mean but, uh, but but he'd been so popular. I mean look at how how hard they worked to, to, to keep Baloo on staff after that. Like, yeah, not, yeah, like that's and I true. mean Baloo, yeah. the character. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Including many of his animations. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I know what you're saying in yeah. terms of the Jungle Book, but, but... It was just a thing of its time, full of stuff from its time. It was almost a yellow submarine in some ways. But they did that with a lot of properties they yeah. adapted, but they didn't necessarily... Those
1: are, those properties didn't continue to rattle around their, in their no, heads. No, but what
0: it means is that they, they hadn't... I guess the reason I bring it up is that they hadn't drained the well of adapting this thing. That, yeah. That really they... I mean, I would say Disney single-handedly responsible for, like continuing the name of the jungle book i mean who's yeah. read the
1: book yeah of have our it?
0: generation no i mean have, have you read it here's the thing okay. now i have yeah this film is the thing in my whole life yeah that has got me to read the jungle book okay so i've read it i've I, it, as revision for this podcast yeah. i've read okay. the jungle book asterisk i go about halfway through yeah and at that point i'm like yeah all right got it yeah <laughs>
1: I got it, like... It's not riveting, li- but it's... Life lessons, colonialism, I get it.
0: But it's yeah. not what I thought it was. It's not the 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 sort of... The t- tedious wrestling oneself through the drudgery of reading something old and boring that I thought it would be. Yeah, yeah. I, I quite enjoyed it. Yeah, and yeah. And I don't think that would be the case if I hadn't seen this film. Yeah. Because... Have you read it? No. No. So much of this film comes from it. Yeah, yeah. I was really surprised, and we'll talk about that later as we get into the actual contents of the film. Yeah. But, yeah, um... It, the Disney film is nothing related to The 67. To Sorry, the yeah, 67 yeah, yeah. Disney film has nothing to do with the book apart from the names of some characters, really. Who um, they've mutated beyond all recognition more in those cases. More yeah. or less. Apart from, like, Bagheera. Yeah. That's pretty much... That's it. Yeah, yeah. Um...
1: Like I'm, I'm to understand, and Mowgli. The, and Mowgli, yeah, but I'm, I mean, I'm to understand that what they do with like Khan and, and Hathi is like, you know, tantamount to like character
0: assassination. Well, the main one is Baloo, who okay. is who is the wise old sage who yeah. teaches, who yeah. raises and teaches the wolves the lore of the jungle. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's what an inspired idea to recast him as Phil Harris, and not just like. Uh, oh, what if we get Phil Harris to play? They just recast him as Phil Harris. Yeah. What if Baloo is is Phil Harris? Yeah. And that was one of the big one of the big questions that I had is now that that's what Baloo is and we all know Baloo because they kept him alive throughout our childhoods. Yeah. By having him star in stuff. Yes. How do you recast Baloo? Yeah. It's by doing the same thing. It's by going like, okay, we, there's no point making someone try and be like Phil Harris, so now we're going to have Bill Murray be a bear. Yes, exactly. It'll, it'll just be him. And it's it's, it's great. Because, it I mean, works. they tried that
1: already when they made... I mean, look, admittedly, not with their full strength and effort, but when they made, you know, The Jungle Book 2, which they oh, had yes. the audacity to actually put in the cinema for a little while, <laughs> um, they... They had brought John Goodman in, yes, but to be Phil Harris, yeah, and yeah, who knows? Maybe in a high quality production, he could have actually, yeah, pulled that off. Like I can imagine a version of this film where Baloo is John Goodman. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah and definitely. It would probably work perfectly should, well.
0: Absolutely, yeah.
1: Um, but I think I prefer doing it, a, doing a newer approach, yeah, uh, and that works. But <clears throat> honestly, like, like I say. There's a lot about this film that that is new, but the the idea of turning the Jungle Book into into something real mm. is something that they've clearly been really trying for a while. And like, like honestly, I think that you, you can go back to that '94 film, which again, I barely have any memory of yeah, at same. all,
0: even though we owned the actual video of it. Oh, really? Yeah. I oh think, wow. I think okay. It got, I think it got watched once. Yeah. Yeah. I can't even remember, like, disliking it. I just remember having nothing going in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's one of those. It yeah. is one of those.
1: Uh, but, like, in a lot of ways, I kind of... You kind of have to go back and look at that film as one of the origin points of what we're doing now at all, you know, yeah. with, the, with these live-action yep. remakes and stuff like that. Like, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Have they... Have, were there? Were there any before that? Like, where they literally let's just think. revisited something they already did as a cartoon. Yeah. And said, like, let's do the real version of that. No, not that I can think of. Because, like, Dalmatians and stuff, that, that was, was much later. later.
0: Yeah. Can you think of any, listener? If you can, then why not tell us them at at uh, on Twitter or SeriousDisness at is probably our email address, isn't it?
1: I can't remember <coughs> them doing anything earlier no. than that. No, I don't think they did. I mean, edit a correction in if we, yeah, you if, you, if you think of anything. But, like, that's clearly where where someone in Disney got this, the germ of this idea of, like, you know, there might be something that we can bring yeah. to these properties that we've already adapted. And adapted in a way that's, like, it's not necessarily a definitive adaptation of that piece of material. But it there's a sense that it's culturally definitive. There's a sense that, like, look, we, the Walt Disney Company, have put as much of a spin on the Jungle Book yeah. as we, the Walt Disney Company, are ever going to do. But yet, and yeah. yet, there's still this temptation to go back and do something else with it. Yeah. And, like, that's something else that I think comes back to all of this stuff that they keep wanting to try and do is to bring that sense of, like... Because people, people always ask... Especially recently, now they're remaking literally everything. Yeah. What's the point? Yeah. What, what, what does it bring to these classic old cartoons to do them with real people or CGI that looks yeah. like real people and real things? And the answer is tangibility. The answer is, yeah, but it's real now. Yeah. And that automatically is a different thing. And that automatically yeah. is a thing that it transports you in a different way. Yeah. And obviously... Previous versions didn't... They, they didn't quite do that. They didn't... You know, like, the, the 94 Jungle Book, it's... You know, it, it's too forgettable, it's too not the Disney Jungle Book yeah. to register.
0: And then, do you know, I've just realised that in that film, I do not remember the presence of a Baloo or, or any animal yeah. character. So They were there. Well, were they? I'm assuming that they were just live-action animals, and yeah. then the reason that they... You know, they just quickly transported them into a human world because... They couldn't make those animals talk or whatever. Or so, do anything, yeah. really, without tremendous cruelty. Yeah. So... Did, I'm guessing they didn't talk.
1: No, no, they didn't. They were just animals. There we go. So that's it. Like, that make... You know, okay, it's real, but yeah. it's not the Jungle Book. Nobody
0: cares about it, yeah. Like,
1: you know, then you got, you've got, like, Dalmatians... Why
0: and... are they all called the Jungle
1: Book? Yeah, I was gonna bring that up. <laughs> why? Because, look, if you call it the Jungle Film...
0: Yeah, but it wasn't... Yeah, why? That's what they did with the book! <laughs> What's the problem? Yeah. That's what they did with the book. It was just a series yeah. of short stories he used to sell in magazines or what have you, and then they put it together and called it, that's The Jungle Book. Here's the film of it. Of course it should be called The Jungle Film. <laughs> yes, it should. Maybe next time. But they... But, uh, the, uh, I know that that sounds silly, but yeah. the alternative is calling the film The Jungle Book. <laughs> <But I laughs> that mean, only makes sense to us because we've grown up in a world where there was always a film called that. The Jungle Book is the name of a film! Well look, though, I think the Disney films
1: get away with that better than most because they have a physical book. Because they
0: can open up the book. Yeah. yeah and I I loved yep. that they, they really faithfully recreated the Jungle Book book. It's the same book. Yeah? What? What? It's the book. <laughs> what? It is the
1: old book that they brought out of the vault. Oh my god! And. The reason they one of the main reasons they did that is because yeah. John Favreau, the director, yeah. he specifically yeah. had an unscratched itch about the fact that in the 67 film it opens at the beginning of the film. Oh! And never comes back oh! to it and never closes. So yeah. he closed this film by closing the oh, book. Oh, the great. same book.
0: Oh, that's great.
1: So that's lovely. That's so good. So many points earned with that. <laughs> yeah. But I'm
0: i starting to think I quite like John Favreau. <laughs>
1: But, uh, yeah, the, the point I was making before yeah. was, like like I said, 94 Jungle Book, it's not the Jungle Book. Yeah. Stuff like Dalmatians and whatever, it's not... That was too cartoonish. You don't necessarily feel like you're in real life mm. with those films. Yeah. Stuff like Maleficent, mm-hmm. it's too... Uh, like, you know, Alice in Wonderland, nothing like the Disney version. Yeah. Maleficent, too divorced. Yeah. Cinderella, real, but who wants to live in Cinderella? <laughs> you know, it's it's not a vivid world. Yeah. The Jungle Book, mm. they, this is the first time they did it, I think. This yeah. is the first time where it's like, wh- remember a classic Disney film? What if it was real yeah. and you could go into it and yes. live in it?
0: Live yes. in what it... And see what it would really look like with your human eyes. Yeah, and this is part of... Um, I think the way in which, when you're a kid, you connect with Disney films. I don't know if you... I, 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 Tell me if this wasn't your experience, Mm. but certainly to me, they felt so much longer than they were, purely because we were children and time lasted longer somehow. Yeah. And so I was never, ever watching a film for what happens in the film, a Disney film particularly. I just wanted to be there. Yeah. So to me, Aladdin was a place I could be, and Myrtle was a place, and Lion King, and and The Jungle Book, one of the ways in which it works as a film, because it kind of on paper doesn't work as a film, like we were talking about, it's just sketches and stuff. Yeah but it does do quite a good job of giving you this jungle to be in for a while. And that actually, the format helps with that because you're like, now we're in the jungle with these people, with these people, these characters, we're just just here. It doesn't matter what's happening. These days, it does matter what's happening, but this film completely, like much more than the 67 film did. Yeah. It makes this jungle for you to live in and it yeah. makes it and it does feel real and it does feel robust and yeah. it's, it's so much more and it kind of exposes the old version for like the 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 sort of it's just backgrounds of grass and trees whereas here you've got you know that shot of the giant waterfall that he's walking past and all yeah. this stuff that it's it's huge in this yeah. film. And here again is one of the many ways in which this is a Audition for and advertisement for the upcoming Lion King adaptation. Absolutely. And I wonder if that is the point of why they made this film. Is this a, let's just see if we can do the Lion King yeah. in, a, in a way that's in, in safe mode? That yeah. Doesn't, doesn't matter if we screw it up.
1: In a sense, yeah. Because, I mean, the Jungle Book's important, but the Lion King is a crown jewel.
0: Yeah, that has to be perfect. Yeah. Otherwise, this whole enterprise has been nonsense.
1: Yeah. And if this is an audition for that, then yeah, yeah. It, it's a very, well, I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. but it is a very successful one because yeah, like I yeah. said, this, it's a, you know, it's a successful audition for that, but like I say, it is a final payoff of the concept that they've been trying to pursue for 20 years of like, what if one of our films could be a real place? Yeah. I mean, I'm honestly, I say 20 years, Disneyland's Disneyland. been, been yeah. real longer than that. Yeah. And like, this feel it feels important in that sense it like feels like the realization of a dream that Disney have had of like yeah yeah but what if what if it was all real and and we and you not only that it was real but you didn't lose anything by it being real. yeah like it's as realistic as anything that you could see in real life but it's also the Disney version of that thing yeah um and this pulls that off. And that, that that's why I think that opening is so important. It's yeah. not just a bit of fan service. It's a mission statement. Yeah. It is. Here is here is the logo from... You know, like, obviously, it's a spruced-up version of it, it. It is the logo done 1960s style. Look, it's the logo that you would have seen before before watching The Jungle Book in 1960s. Yeah. Own. But now we're pulling in. We're pulling mm. into it in 3D.
0: Yeah.
1: And, like... Going from that logo into the real jungle.
0: Yeah. The was, did they do that? By the way, was the logo 2D up until the jungle? Um,
1: I don't think it was, but yeah. I I don't remember. I don't remember yeah. well yeah. enough. Yeah. Um, but the, yeah,
0: but the way that the camera moves backwards and the jungle just sort of comes in from the sides is yeah, and in, it, it's kind of mirrored in a similar style to they do when they do uh, Trust in Me in the credits at the end. In that yeah. Spot, that that Bond theme version of just yeah Trust in yeah me yeah. Um, it's a
1: lovely it's just great. It's lovely. Yeah. And like if, if this was something they could do more often, this idea of like, it's, it is the Disney classic you remember, but real now, um, that strikes me as like something I'm, the appeals, yeah. something that I can see why they would be doing that. Mm. Um, obviously it's not going to work brilliantly every time. Cause clearly, uh, *Beauty and the beast is another attempt to do the same thing. And I thought that was a lot less successful. Yeah. But, To me, this is a proof of concept that that works and that makes sense. You can do it.
0: It's like they're adjusting the formula, isn't it? They they did. Jungle Book was like, uh, well, how about we do a new adaptation of the same book, but we make sure that it feels like it comes from the same place as the last one. Beauty and the Beast was literally, what if we do just film the whole thing? Almost shot for shot, but, but live action. Didn't really that you know I, I mean I'm, I think it did phenomenally well and I think oh it, was, it did yeah it was a massive yeah. success and a, the, there is a, there are a lot of people who enjoyed it but yeah from critics I've heard nothing but bad I mean it was I mean, it was
1: it was well reviewed but sort of like sort of three out of five kind of mm. thing whereas this one got very very enthusiastic yeah. reviews
0: clearly there's less of a point less of a call for the live action Beauty and the Beast where that is just. Here's the thing again. Here's the film again. Yeah. This is a this is a new thing and 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 they can and they've they can adjust for that. They've tried this, they've tried that. They'll yeah. mix it up for Lion King and do a bit of each.
1: Yeah. The thing that makes this one work is that like they realize that in order to make that reality, you know, that that realization of the Jungle Book yeah. or of a Disney film in general into something that that resonates, you can't you can't just film the same thing again because, like, yeah. the things that happen... You know, like, it doesn't matter how photorealistic you make it, the things that happen in those films are cartoonish. Yeah.
0: So that's yeah, why... They were, that was in their era when they were really, really leaning into that they were making cartoons. Like, yeah. And that was almost a new change. Like, when they started Snow White... Half of that could have been live action. Yeah. Um, half of it is cartoon. So they they got the formula just right, and that's kind of what the secret to that is. But by the time of the Jungle Book, which is around the same time as things like Sword in the Stone, yeah, they're just they're just doing silly cartoons.
1: It's antics. Yeah, like most of those
0: Disney films of those eras are just antics. Yes, yeah. and which I say with deep fondness for anyone listening who thinks yeah. that I was criticizing them. Then no, not. not at all. I love those films, but. Um, that's... It's, it's just... A, it's something that there's no point in replicating now. Because if you do, what you get is something like
1: uh, the 101 Dalmatians film, which feels yeah. like a live-action cartoon in that sort of artificial mm. sort of way, like we're just putting on costumes and acting out of cartoon yeah. sort of way. Um, now, Beauty and the Beast doesn't necessarily feel like that, but that's because Beauty and the Beast is made in a very... It, the original Beauty and the Beast... Well, that's it. ...is made the, in a by very By then, they
0: have gone back to making sort of films. Yeah exactly with animation
1: whereas the jungle book was very much an antics a cartoon yeah. film
0: so you could watch the jungle book it, it, they, they could show it in sections you know yeah yeah like they on, could cut it up into merry melodies cartoons yeah yeah uh,
1: whereas this they realized that okay no we can't just do that same thing so what they do is it's it's an absolutely fascinating piece of adaptation mm. i find Because they've taken all of the basic building blocks of the Disney Jungle Book, specifically, looked at them and tried to find a way. How can we reverse engineer this into something that feels real? And what the the easiest way to kind of like the easiest way to kind of immerse a child in the world of the Jungle Book back then was by having it be some cartoon antics. Now it's by turning it into something more of a. Like an action-adventure, mm-hmm. a Star Wars-type story, a yeah. coming-of-age story, um, something with the same characters, the same themes, the same feeling, but with gravitas, with, with,
0: yeah. with resonance. And, and, an, and a really nice form of gravitas and resonance, because there's a lot of things coming out that try and fake gravitas, or that or or just get the formula wrong. Yeah. This does it's Gravitas. It's not the gritty reboot. That's it. Yeah. This does Gravitas with a friendly feel to it somehow. That's the thing. Because like I said, they're taking pieces of the
1: Disney Jungle Book. Yeah. The Disney Jungle Book is an, is an inherently friendly, yeah. jazzy, funny property. Uh and obviously that's dialed down, but it's not removed. You no. know, this is not Batman v Superman. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's it retains that, but it grounds it all. Uh and what it grounds it in is stuff that's really intelligently borrowed from other sources. Some of it is borrowed from, just like I say, the standard playbook of how you make a film like that, you know, from yeah. Star Wars downwards. Yeah. Some of it is from, you know, like, as you say, and, you know, we can go into this in a, little se- in, in a second, but, uh, taken wholesale from. The Jungle Book, yeah. Rudyard Kipling's yeah. The Jungle Book, which is a very smart move, obviously. Yeah. Now, the conclusion mm. to this film is completely different yeah. to what Kipling Kipling's conclusion was and to what the 67 one is, but we'll come to that later. We will. But I do think it was a really, really wise idea to, to bring in those building blocks of the actual Rudyard Kipling yeah. to sort of start... Shoring this back up into something that can be described as
0: a functional three act yes, story, and yes, and what's interesting about that is that the the book isn't a functional three act story. It's no. a, it's actually more like the the cartoon film in that yeah. it's a series of small sketches about stuff happening. So it's interesting that they managed to pick basically mostly the first one because that's got the framing device of coming back with fire to threaten Share Khan. That's the first story. Yeah, that's and that's the story they they use for this film. And then, um, you know, they just sort of pick bits out of the other stories. Essentially, that the Disney film did. Yeah. um, But with reference to the stories to ground them.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, like, you know, some of the characters taken a bit more back to their, you know, saner versions from from the book. I mean, most notably the elephants, who were sort of restored in stature to...
0: Oh, I love the elephants in this. They're almost, like, sort of
1: like jungle gods or something they're
0: creator gods of the jungle yeah yeah.
1: and I believe that's much closer to what they were in th- I, I don't, haven't got to them no, yeah yeah I was about to ask yeah, that, no, I haven't got that yet. but I am to understand right. that that is much close to what they are in the books they take a huge amount from, from the book in that mm. regard and like we can touch on the themes of it in more depth in a little bit uh-huh. I think this would be a good point though to bring up one of the other main touchstones that this draws upon extensively to form itself into a kind of a something that's a bit more akin to a you know a, a forward driving adventure coming of age sort of narrative. Yeah. clearly clearly what Disney may have done in looking at this was like, right, we need a sort of story it's It's like set in among animals like it's about like a young a heroic young. Cub. Cub, sort of character, and like you know, they're they, you know, maybe they're like deprived of their parental figure in some way, and <laughs> and then there's someone out to, you know, some kind of like large cat kind of creature is out to get them, and so you know, they they need to sort of find their place while being sort of tempted by you know, like someone who's who, who's going to sing them a catchy song about how about they should how-, <laughs> how they should take it easy in their life a little bit, and do we have any films like that that we could just basically take the entire template of and drop onto this film. <laughs> uh, and turns out
0: they did, and yeah. in doing
1: so, maybe, have, have they written themselves into a little bit yeah. of a corner
0: now? Yeah, there are a lot of... The, if you wonder how the live-action Lion King is going to do certain scenes, yeah, just watch them in this. Yeah, right. Because um, there's a lot of scenes. Right that, down to the stampede. The stampede yeah. is from the book. Yeah, and I the know. Lion King nicked it from there. I was surprised to find this. It's how Sher Khan dies. They actually, yeah, yeah, they actually orchestrate an, a stampede to happen in the way they do in The Lion King. Yeah. Down come the buffalo, yeah. they go down the little ravine, and Sher Khan is trampled to death. Right. And then Mowgli just sort of nonchalantly skins him while having a chat to somebody else. <laughs> um, yeah, so that, as I was watching it, yeah, I was going like okay i guess if we're just doing this like i think that was when i first started thinking like is this a nod are you going like wait we're gonna do this but bigger in a few years or or, or what but then as more of them came in like that final shot of shere khan falling off the off the the branch into the fire looks a lot like sort of well a couple of bits but particularly you know mufasa falling into the ravine yeah um and there was another one as well i can't remember now what else was there I don't know, but there was another shot as well. That, that there's
1: quite a bit. They borrow yeah. quite a lot of architecture
0: from yeah. the Lion King. This is this film is speaking directly to the kids who really responded to the imagery in y- the Lion King. Yeah, but, but now they've got to do it again, and somehow they've they've done it. Yeah, and when we say they, we mean the same director. Same director. Yeah, like, which is what for the first, after watching this film finally. Finally, I'm yeah. looking forward to the remake of The Lion King. Yeah. Until then, I was not. I wasn't like, oh, I hate this. I don't want it to happen. Yeah. But I was like, I probably won't bother watching it. Yeah. I'm desperate to watch it now. Yeah. It's gonna be great. Yeah. It may also just be this again. Though. Yeah it should be all right. Yeah. Um I do think that a lot I think that a lot of the uh, the the sort of the DNA of this film was then going let's see if we can do the Lion King and that goes for the visuals it goes for the just the basic premise of can we make uh a CG realistic looking animals not look horrible. Yeah. Um, which is a huge feat. And there's parts There's parts in this movie where they didn't quite man- manage it. Yeah. But for the most part, they did. Yeah. And, it, and it buries the moments where they didn't. Yeah. Um, for the most part, this is the best animals I've ever seen in a film.
1: Yeah. And frankly, I think some of the kind of... I think some of the... They actually end up playing into the inherent weirdness of having photorealistic animals yeah. talk. Just... Just for the sake of like I say, for the sake of making it feel real, uh-huh. like they don't have they don't have the animals emote in a human manner. that's exactly that much.
0: that is exactly where the skill is. I think that I, I i when I started watching the film, and then again, Abby had the same thing, we went our first response was. Mm, I wish they'd move the mouths a bit more. Yeah. Because the first few characters that you see talking are wolves, and they... And Bagheera. And Bagheera, and they o- almost just sort of move the outside of their bottom lip to talk. Yeah. And you go like, I could do with a bit more movement than that. Yeah. But then, you remember the times when you've seen more movement than that in previous films, yeah. where essentially they try and make a relatively realistic CG animal, or even a real animal that they're touching up with CG, yeah. do a face. Yeah. Uh, yeah. a, a character facial reaction shot. Yeah. And it always looks horrible. And yeah. I think that the closest they got to that in this film was some shots with Baloo. And those are, to me, the least successful moments of, like... Because he's the one who emotes most like a human. Most like Bill Murray. Well, yeah, Bill Murray specifically. <laughs> they kind of make a sort of Bill Murray bear face on him. And, yeah, and it, and there are moments where he's the only one where I was ever like, mm, there's a CG animal. Yeah, yeah. Um even though I broadly liked what they did with Baloo and, and, yeah. and I'm really only talking about certain moments, uh, <clears throat> it was all on his face that I noticed what was going on. The rest of it was... It just looked real. I think if
1: in The Lion King they could probably get away with making them a little bit more mm-hmm. cartoonish insofar as yeah. making them emote human style yeah. more than this. Because, like... I think you can do that you can do that and do it well if that's the look you're committing to like you know like they've had some, they've had a huge amount of success and acclaim and with the Paddington movies mm-hmm. where he is very photorealistic right down to sort of you know brown bear type eyes yeah. but he expresses himself visually in terms of his facial expressions and so forth in, you know, a readable
0: human sort of way. Yeah. And that's, and it's not, it isn't creepy or anything, because I haven't seen those. Oh, yeah. Um, but what I have seen is the trailer, which is one of the examples of a horrible looking one that I'm thinking of, but I know that they picked really bad shots for the trailer. Yeah,
1: like, they did. They did. Yeah. And, um, you yeah, know, when you're watching in the film, no, yeah. he's a very kind of like engaging, likable presence, and it works. The the style of animation they use for him works. But it's with the, it is with the kind of intention of like, there's a larger than life, like, sense to everything about the visuals of Paddington. Yeah. Uh, Whereas this film, very specifically, any aspect of it that's larger than life is in the background. It's... Mm. It is larger than life, often literally in some cases. A lot of these animals are scaled up. Um, But... It's done to feel real. Yeah. It's done to feel like if there was a panther in front of you and it was talking to you in Ben Kingsley's voice, <laughs> this is exactly what it would look like. This isn't the cartoon version of that. Yeah. It isn't even the CGI cartoon version yeah. of that, like Paddington is. This is what that would look like.
2: Yeah.
1: With The Lion King, because there is not a human to put in there with that, I think you could afford... To have them be a little bit more—that's a good point—humanly expressed. because yes, you
0: won't have that that sort of point of reference. There'll be nothing real to, to compare to. No. Yeah. So right.
1: they could do they could do that, and frankly, I think they would have to do that <clears> for an entire film where our main characters are all talking
0: lines. Yes, I. Yes, it's very now with this film. I and I said this at the end of the previous podcast. Before I saw it, I found it very difficult to imagine it. Possibly working and looking good, yeah. Because I was just picturing things I've already seen. So when I imagine The Lion King, frankly, all I'm thinking of is Aslan, and I can't get o- I can't get away from that. Yeah, yeah. And I'm and I'm talking about like a mix between like movie Aslan and BBC Aslan. I'm thinking <laughs> right, of these, okay, yeah. I'm thinking of these quite like not really moving faces. Yeah. But shaking about a bit, and and obviously it's going to be a m- much better than that. Yeah. But there's but that is because there'll be a long journey they need to go down to find the balance to. Yeah. To, make it not just there's 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 convincing yeah. and then there's palatable and somewhere in between those is what they'll have to do. They found it here. Though. They
1: found it here. Yeah. Uh they absolutely found <coughs> there's it. There's room here.
0: for improvement, but they found
1: it. Absolutely. And I suppose this is a also a good opportunity to spin off into the a broader discussion yeah. about like the fact that this is one of the most technically impressive films anyone has ever made. Yeah. Like in terms of in terms of the fact that there's no jungle,
0: yeah, it's there's never a moment, is there, where you no, don't, where you don't believe in what you're seeing, and there's several moments where you go like, why did these idiots not just film in a jungle, and then you realise it's because you can't zip the camera around, you can't, you not just do that the stuff, you can't. This gives them complete control yeah. over everything. Yeah, there is no jungle that this no, would be.
1: They don't yeah, exactly. They you know, they can they can decide the geography. Yeah. They can decide the weather. Yeah. If they need to have yeah. if they need to have a temple that just collapses, they can design it exactly according to their specification and crumble it exactly how they want it to be. If they want a drought, there's a drought. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like But it's so real.
0: That was it. That was the other shot. It was where um Shere Khan has basically like Taken residence on Pride Rock, and there's Pride Rock. Yeah, yeah. And the vultures are picking at some gross stuff, and they look just like the hyenas in in that scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: they do, don't they? Um, so th- I mean, yeah, there'll be challenges. Yeah. Um,
0: anyway, sorry, but, but um, um,
1: yeah, look, I'd love to see Pride Rock recreated with this, this, this engine or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, you know.
0: Well, that's what you're gonna see. I mean, of course, I know,
1: but I'm really looking forward to seeing the real Pride yeah. Rock. That yeah. that is that's what they're going for with these live action yeah. remakes that, like, to date hasn't quite worked. Like, you know, we've we've talked about this before, like privately, but like it's sort of you're not necessarily looking forward to seeing the real Cogsworth or whatever. And no. when you see it, it's quite an unsettling thing to see. Show, yeah. Um, whereas with this, it's like, man, I can't like because yeah. the Lion King has, I think, more specific geography. Have yep. more specifically iconic-looking
0: places. Yes, and it was making it. more of an effort to, in some way, appear to be a real, a real place that could really exist. Yeah. And like, it's going to sound odd to anyone who wasn't there and, and doesn't have the full context of it, but, like, the cartooniness of the animals in The Lion King, at the time, was really uncartoony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really, really realistic
1: for the yeah, time. Yeah, it was, and, yeah. Like, you could see, like, whoa, they were really... researched to have all the lions.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and even though they've all got, like, cartoon eyes and faces and stuff, they they looked like real animals for the first time because we were used to the Jungle Book and stuff where, yeah. you know, Carr is just like a, a wacky little face like, on a On, on, a on an accordion. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then... Because I think The Lion King, even when it was new, was always a sort of response to The Jungle Book. There was always a... Yeah. There was always a, here's what we can do now. Yeah. Like this film is. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, honestly, like, The, the Lion King... The, the original Lion King it kind of almost feels like a stepping stone between the Jungle Book and this mm. all part of a similar lineage yeah. of, of a thing Disney are trying to do yeah. of re- giving you a really really involving um, immersive sort of like in that old style the you know in the style that Kipling was partly responsible for inventing the boy's own adventure thing right the uh, the thing where it you know like going on a jungle adventure and having a coming of age like
0: yeah. story and um i think there's another had it gone had it gone better and mm, had they done better i think dinosaur was supposed to be
1: yes it? yes i agree i agree that that was one of that was an attempt yeah, to be yeah. one of those it just wasn't very good it just wasn't good enough um but yeah honestly i do think that's that is a that that is a good reference point to bring up as a in part of that well, especially lineage.
0: for this film because that's the film where they probably learned that if we do this again, we need to make the jungle ourselves. Yeah. Because that was... The, did they what, use real backgrounds for It was that? a real jungle in the... Really? Or, or jungle. It was a real... It was all real backgrounds. Okay. And that was one of the successes of that film. There was nothing wrong with the backgrounds in that film. Yeah, and, yeah. And including the way that they... Maybe... Well, I haven't seen it in a while, but I don't remember there being a great problem with the way the CG characters fitted into the background. No. And they had... They did a lot of tricks to make them fit in very well. So, like when you have a little uh, you have a little dinosaur running along a quite thin branch over a over a bit of water yeah in real life they had someone wiggling the branch at the end so right, it, okay, it bounces yeah. with its footsteps and in the film it just looks like it bounces on its footsteps. Yeah, that yeah. stuff was good so that was a stepping stone to the the disney now that can the, the state of the art of this sort of film now yeah. It's just culturally we don't care about it as one of those stepping stones
1: yeah true but I mean, we care about the results that it yields here, yeah. Because, like I said, it's astonishing to look at. Like you can you can stare at that film uh, in with n- no other thought in your head, but this is not a real jungle, yeah. And you will never see anything that, yeah. that
0: confirms that, yeah. And I and I kind of did that on this on my second watch through. I was I was very very keenly looking for stuff, and it's just I've never seen. Well, it, it just it, honestly. It, We know that they can, quote, do anything with CG. Yeah. But it boggles the mind that artists made the leaves and rocks and stuff. Like people made them. Yeah. And it's not and it's not just people, like, it's not just, oh, that's the state of that's your films are that good now. It's like, no, people made them. People who deserve
1: massive props.
0: Yeah. Like this isn't just they made the massive props in this
1: film. Exactly. But I mean that, that's it. It's it's not just, oh, this is just the state of the
0: art. This is what yeah. people
1: can do. An idiot yeah. could do yeah. this. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, an idiot could not do this. Now, you'd have to, even, like, Disney, with their... It's not a case of throwing money at it. Or, I mean, it is because you hire the right people, but you, the people have to exist, and yeah. they found them, and they presumably, to some extent, trained them, and God knows how they did it. How do you get... How do you make it so... But honestly, this is like, you know when you see those um, people will post... on on Twitter or what have you, like, look at this marble statue that looks like a woman wearing a see-through veil, even though it's all one block of marble. (laughs) And look, it's like that. It's like, how have this many people, how can they all exist on the earth at once who can make a jungle that you can't see? Any difference between it and real footage of, like, from a David Attenborough thing or something?
1: Yeah. I mean, like, like right at the end of the credits, there's just one credit that feels like that feels like grandstanding. I mean, even though it isn't, it's just just like the last credit is filmed in downtown Los
0: Angeles. Yes, I love that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, I think it is. I yeah. think I think they put that in with a bit of a cheeky wink.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because that's hilarious. Yeah. Um. And yeah, you just <laughs> it is something that does make
0: you just like take a step back mentally yeah. and think like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, yeah. It really is amazing, and, and one of the, and it and it's so amazing that it, someone like us, who's like fussing over these details, has to bring it up. Most people will not; it'll not cross their mind to even think about the jungle in the Jungle Book. No, because it's just oh, there's the jungle in the Jungle Book. Yeah, it looks it's correct. Yeah. and that's the that's the intended effect. I don't mean that in like they're being idiots or they're missing the point. Like that's the intended effect.
1: Exactly. Yeah, like the the reason they have worked that hard is yeah. so nobody notices. Yeah. that they did all that work. Yeah, because. It is not there. The point of all of this is not to show off. Yeah. The point of this is to make the real jungle for the jungle book yeah. that you can live in. Yeah. Like I say, that's the point that everything here is driving at, and like pretty much across
0: the board, it it, it succeeds. Yeah. And there's there's uh, the state of the art of how they've done this stuff is is incredible now. So like there are bits where because um, there are some elements that aren't CG, like um, when he's. Uh, they would make like a little bit of set with just like a ground strewn with leaves or whatever yeah. for him to walk along on but still the fact that like um the bit that the really the bit that really stuck with me is when he's walking through the field of tall straw or whatever it is yeah. and he's kind of knocking it out of his yeah. way that's obviously got to be real but there's no d- there's no dividing line between it and yeah. the not real straw does it have around. to be real? I mean well it must be the, when he's he's knocking it out of his way like pu- I, purely from a the child being able to pretend to do it aspect there must have been some straw there I've looked into how they did not that shot but generally some of the stuff yeah. and I love some of the things they've done there's yeah. a, I've seen one shot you might have seen it as well where he's um in the film, he's walking along a big log. And in real life, he was lo- walking along a big log, but it was just a blue log. And it's essentially like, you know, they deep canvassed it like they did with yeah, the, the, yeah. Tarzan. They, they painted a log on the sh- on what was the shape of a log out of yeah. plastic, but it was blue or green or whatever. And they painted a real log on it. They painted a log on it. They could have brought a log in for him to walk-on. They didn't do that. But that would be cheating. That would be cheating. Um, but what I really love is um, there were so many moments in this film where we were like... Is this kid... Because this kid's good. He's yeah. a good Mowgli, right? But he's not perfect. There are moments where you're like, okay, here's a child actor, and you let him off. Yeah. But as we're watching that, we're like, okay, so we know how good this kid is. How is he doing what, you know, everyone in, say, Phantom Menace failed to do? Yeah. Which is convincingly acting against no people, no, no yeah. co- co-actors. Turns out they, the Creature Shop made puppet versions of them. Right, I for saw. Him to act with. I saw Jim Henson stuff yeah. credited there,
1: like as reference models and that's stuff. That's it, reference models. Yeah,
0: that's what it was. They had puppets right. on set, and the, and then they'll have animated over the top of that, or just completely blue screened them out and just made it up themselves. What a great idea! What a good use of Creature Shop style puppetry in modern filmmaking. That is, yeah, it gives the actors. Something which would be as good as if they made this film in, say, 1990 or something. Yeah, yeah. And then that's not what they use in the film, but it's what they use to make the performances work. Isn't that that's great? That's excellent. Now that's I don't know excellent. the extent to which they use them. That I've only seen one shot, so I'm I'm, I'm mostly extrapolating that, that. I don't know if they always had a big Bagheera or something. But what I do know they did is the part where uh, Mowgli is. Uh, he's he's sort of. I think it's just after Baloo has told him to shove off, whatever he's on yeah. his own, and he sits down, and some sort of animal—I don't know what it sort of, of animal. It was one of the monkeys. Is. No, it was hairier than a monkey. It was—it was more like one of those red foxes or something. But it's the bit oh, that's he's... earlier in the film. Yeah. yeah. Oh right. That's yeah. just
1: before he meets Carr, isn't it? Yes, that's
0: yeah. it. And he's got these little—he's collected his little the four pairs. Yeah, yeah. And he's about to eat them. This thing pops up, distracts him, and behind him, another few of them make off with his with his uh, first. Yeah. Well the the shot that I've seen is of the first animal which is like a quite robust you know like at least at least Yoda standard puppet yeah with a man down there going like meh, 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 meh. and he's acting to that and then behind him comes up two just gloved blue gloved hands yeah and it is blue there's a lot of blue screen in this rather than green screen which is old school They must have improved the the way it is it, maybe it just wo- I, I think maybe the colour of it just
1: works better in some circumstances maybe because they
0: switched to green because it worked better but presumably now the technology is better I don't know yeah. anyway up come these two blue-gloved hands with just goggly eyes stuck on the knuckles. <laughs> and they go like, little, little, little. And he kind of turns around and reacts to them. And I, I, I don't know this for sure. Yeah. But I have this theory that he wasn't told that was going to happen. So it's to get a, like, what the An reaction authentic out.
1: reaction, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: because there's another shot. And it's the bit where he is going through the, 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 the tall grass. And what happens there in the film is he's having a little argument with Bagheera. And yeah. he's shouting, like, why are you going on at me like this? And then... Suddenly, Shere Khan just blah just yeah. jumps out at you. And that bit when we were watching it, by the way, Abby rocketed into the sky. She was, <laughs> she was so surprised by Shere Khan. And and the kid gives a good performance as well. And yeah. one like most of us, if we like like I, I think that a person who understands um like the effect like the, the eventual effect that acting should have. Yeah but aren't actors are probably on a similar level to like a child actor. Do you know what I mean? In that we could go like, ah, but it probably wouldn't look very authentic. So how do you get these responses out of a child? Well, there is footage of John Favreau (laughs) sneaking up on him and going, blah, and him going, what? (laughs) And it is that shot. So I wonder if that, I don't know if that was, I can't tell if they composited that afterwards for a joke. Yeah. Or if that actually is how they got the shot, but I want it to be how they got the shot. (laughs) that's like
1: clearly they've done excellent work to get what they get out of that kid because like like you say he's not perfect yeah he's not perfect and the biggest areas where he's not perfect is the line readings like the line readings are quite hit and miss um but his physicality is excellent yeah he looks perfect
0: he looks perfect he's he's very likeable
1: yep he's likeable and he he passes what I always mentally, and now verbally, refer to (laughs) as the Mark Hamill test. Go on. As in, that uh, it's one of the things that Mark Hamill was always massively underrated for in the first Star Wars, Uh where people complained about his performance or whatever. Oh, he's too whiny or whatever. It's like, yeah, whatever. If you look at him in that first movie, part of the reason that any of it is believable at all is because he looks like he belongs in the world.
0: Right, yeah. It's like, as
1: he's going around his business in that world, you believe he knows what everything is yeah. that he's interacting with. And that if he's using a machine, that that's something that he's used every day for the yeah. last five years. If he's looking at something, he's not looking at something that he's just been asked to look at. He knows what that does. He yeah. knows what that does. Yeah. He knows why he is doing this thing with his hands. When he is doing that thing on R2-D2, you know yeah. that he's trying to do something. Yeah. He, you know yeah, He's he ha-
0: done on other machines before. Yeah. Yeah. It's why Daisy Ridley was so good in The yeah. Force Awakens, because she pulled that off as well. This kid passes that test. He does. He really does. There was never a bit... There were moments where, uh, like you said, like I thought, like, oh, that line read or whatever, but there was never a moment where I thought he looked alien to the jungle he was in.
1: No. Never, ever, ever once.
0: And, and that is on him. That's not CG. Exactly. That's yeah.
1: exactly what I was going to say. That's not CG. It's not even... You can't even just give all the credit to, like, oh, the adults must have been really good with him. No, he... Mm. He acts that. Yeah. He acts convincingly against nothing. Just yeah. nothing. Yeah. He is the only real thing on screen ever. Yeah. Which is, you know, why I say I hesitate to call it a live-action remake.
0: Yeah. Um, it's closer in line with the, um, what were they called, the Alice cartoons that Disney used to make before, before Disney was Disney, where it's a, a live-action girl on a cartoon background. Oh. You seen any of them? I've not watched any of them. The Rings of Bell. I've just seen them in documentaries about Alice in Wonderland, because it's like, this is actually Disney's, like, one of his earliest cartoons that he did. And, yeah, it was just this little, um, sweet little girl who was going, oh, and gosh, and around her, 1920s black-and-white Disney pen drawings are running around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is that. This is the 2017 or 16 version of that.
1: Yeah, and from that perspective, it's, all You know, it's almost not a live-action film. It's yeah. it's one of the most incredible animated films anyone has ever made. Yeah. Uh, Just on a visual perspective, on a technical level. And, like, like I say, you can make individual criticisms about, like, you know, oh, you know, maybe that effect shot wasn't exactly as good as everything else, or that, yes. you know, that one facial expression isn't quite yeah. right. But, like, as a piece of technical work...
0: Yeah, you have to dig to find them. It's, yeah. Yeah.
1: That's why I said at the, at the start of that, this discussion, it is one of the most technically impressive films that has ever been made. Yeah. I think we've discussed here at length how spotless this film is in technical terms. Yeah. But I also think that there's some really, really interesting stuff going on with it in terms of the type of themes it's trying to go for and the way that it works those themes. It kind of reverse engineers them from what's in the Disney film uh the actual book and it 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 takes ideas from both and kind of it certainly explores whatever themes that this film tries to approach it obviously does them to a much greater degree than the 67 film ever did, which I don't... I don't think anyone would accuse the 67 film of having anything
0: particularly. There's no message going on. There's no moral going on. And yes, it somehow manages to... This is part of... When I'm trying to describe earlier about the kind of film they made back then, it was sort of light touches and sketches and music and so on. That's a better way of putting it. There are no themes. No.
1: I mean, there's a rough outline of a coming-of-age sort of story, you know, a boy finding his place, but... Kind of. But he's very... It's very passive. Yeah. Like, the Jungle Book 67 is a bunch of things happen to Mowgli. He runs into a a series of comedy characters and then fights a tiger. Yes. But the fighting of the tiger is really not particularly informed by any of the previous encounters. He no, had. it's
0: not. It's not a big oh. The final showdown. It's, yeah. it's just what's going on at the moment.
1: Exactly, and it's not like oh, you know, I am now ready to fight this tiger. Yeah. based on what I learned from these Beatles vultures. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's not. It doesn't really work like that. Yeah. One of the things I like most about this version of it is it is very much a Mowgli-centric narrative, not just because he's the guy we're following around, yeah. but he's the actual protagonist. Yeah. He's he's active, he makes decisions and he learns. He learns yep. from from what happens to him. And yeah, in this film, everything that happens does progress on to the next thing. And the finale is the logical conclusion of everything that came yeah. before it. And the the kind of the journey he goes through, it is all drawn from from Kipling it is drawn from it that- is
0: one of the one of the main sort of additions uh, to the the overall structure of it that they have here is the um, framing uh, Mowgli's innate human talents as like obstinate tricks yeah that he's almost cheating yeah um, and they don't and they don't like it you're supposed to be a wolf and um, that is sort of sort of in the book um, yeah so, the bit of it that I've read, anyway, it doesn't come up in the same way. And they, it's Disney that have made the the storyline out of it. Yeah. But it is mentioned that he's the son of a carpenter. Ah, oh, okay. So he and 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 because it's written with the sensibility that therefore he innately is a carpenter. Yeah. He can do. He can make stuff if needs be. Okay. Um, whereas in this, it's framed more as, as like an innate trait of humans to use tools and yeah, tool make use. stuff out of stuff.
1: I mean, I, I guess like it it's kind of an extrapolation from like the the books basic uh thing with humans and fire. Yes, you know. I think fire stands in in a lot of ways for tool use and yes. the things that humans do to d- do to nature like mm. in order to kind of gain an advantage and fire sort of like his catch-all metaphor for yeah. that, I suppose.
0: Uh Oh, and by the way, uh, I, I say this almost to myself a week ago. The, yeah. um I, I thought when they, when they kept calling it the the red flower, yeah, that this was basically a reference to that one line in the song. But no, the line in the song was a reference to the book. It is the red flower in the book. Yeah, yeah. And that's a that's a really nice, you know, kudos to Kipling there. That's a really good little visual idea. And
1: yeah, particularly as like the animals' understanding of fire. Exactly. Um, yeah. And that all works. Like I say, it draws... It it, it realises it needs themes and it draws them from the book. Yeah. Which is a natural mm. place to draw them, obviously. Yeah. But the thing that I found most interesting is how it takes a lot of the preoccupations that are in the book and that therefore did make it in some form into the 67 film... Yes. ...and comes to a very different conclusion about it. Yeah. Um, I say that in part because, as we mentioned earlier, I really don't like the ending of the... uh. Of the 67 film at all it, yes it is to me a real bummer it is it's, it's a come down it's, <laughs> right. it's like party's over guys yeah. like you know you've had your fun now it's time to go and
0: do your homework yeah which is kind of it's interesting that they they do that again in um many adventures of winnie the pooh mm. a couple of years later and that's um but that's drawn straight from that book Mm. Um, and it just, it's just a coincidence that it basically lines up thematically, I suppose. Um, but yes, yeah, so, uh, see, I don't mind it because I'm looking at the Jungle Book in the way that I was talking about before, as like as this world that you step into, and, yeah. and necessarily you step out of it. And so, for it to simply end kind of makes sense to me. So it's so I don't mind, especially since. And this is what counted. And honestly, this is this is the real reason why I like it. I just think all the music's great there. I think I love that last song. It's one of the it's one of those sort of it's one of those sort of hidden up the sleeve Disney songs that you kind of forget about until you hear it and then you're like, Oh, that's a really good tune. You mean The Water Gathering. The, song? My Own Home, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, and then it just ends on such a triumphant um, sort of jazz improv version of Bare Necessities that I that I love.
1: Yeah, I mean that's fine. Yeah. I like that. It's just for me it, it the ending of
0: uh, I, I I'm admitting to how shallow a reading that is. Like I'm literally just responding to sound no, and music. But and, that's fine. Yeah,
1: I mean it's you know it's they're not deep films most no. for the most part back then. But for me, what the one of the pitfalls that falls into is like it's the same. It's a mistake that they make that they that Disney occasionally made. They make it again very much so at the end of Beauty and the Beast, where they work on an assumption that you that you as the audience. Have a sympathy and a desire for humans to remain with their own kind, yeah. and for you, that your sympathy for like the kinship of human with human will trump your um, yes. your your like, your attachment to any of the other non-human characters yeah. after they have spent an entire yeah. film of like writing, animating, performing yeah. to erase that difference and yeah. to erase any sense that you would have a that you wouldn't be able to relate to a non-human character
0: exactly, as yeah.
1: much if not more so than you do to the human characters.
0: Exactly. You you don't you want you want to hang out with Baloo. You don't want to hang out with the girl in the village and whoever her family turns out to be.
1: No, exactly. Just yeah. like you lo- you love the beast. You don't yeah. love the really bland looking guy who the beast turns into at the end. <laughs> yeah. And the fact that it's like oh but it's a human yeah. that doesn't that doesn't trump that yeah. in 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 a Disney film where the animal characters are so larger than life, and so much more entertaining, usually, than the humans.
0: Um... Yeah, there's a... You can just sort of imagine Belle turning to camera and going, Well, that solves one problem anyway! (laughs) (laughs) And that's the only reason it happens.
1: Well, kind of, yeah. (laughs) And, like, the ending of the Jungle Book's kind of the same, really. It's sort of like... Yeah. Because Mowgli... If Mowgli has any story in that is in the 67 Jungle Book, it is that he is being driven out of the jungle by Shere Khan's threat.
0: And he... Doesn't want to, and you don't want him to have to do it. Exactly. Yeah. And
1: in the, you know, in the finale, he fights and he uses fire. Yeah. He becomes a man, in a sense. He takes control of his own destiny and earns his right to stay. He fights off the force that is trying to drive him out.
0: And it's just like, ah, eh, I'm just going to leave anyway. Yeah. Because there's this girl. But in that film... It's a joke, so it's. I think uh, the fact that it's kind of got this this um, quite sweet music over it, it makes it feel more of a story point than it is. Ultimately, they're just going like, and then he, and then puberty hits. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah, you know, and, yeah. I, and it is just kind of a gag. So it fits in that sense. in yeah. that everything in the film is kind of a gag. But yeah, no, I, yeah, you're right. And if especially if you're trying to look at it as a story, which you know it kind of isn't doing, but it, but you know you just do because it's a film. It is an unsatisfactory ending and this film sorts all of that out.
1: It sorts it out like in a really interesting way as well Mm. because like part of the reason that uh, the 67 film does end like that is because that is I think an area where it's inheriting a certain aspect of the worldview that Kipling puts across which is like Kipling is as you know as we've discussed he's obviously got he's obviously spent a lot of time in nature he's obviously spent a lot of time thinking about humans' relationship to nature and so forth but his viewpoint on it is well, obviously, fairly old-fashioned. Yeah, it's fairly colonialist. It's fairly like he is one of those you know he is well he's a Victorian-era British Empire guy. Yeah. So his view of he ma- was,
0: it, apparently he was basically devastated when the empire collapsed. Like it really affected him badly. And I bet.
1: I bet it did. Yeah. First, for, for Rudyard Kipling yeah. based on his
0: artistic uh, yeah. preoccupations of course it was well that's it and that's uh, yeah, that's definitely the mindset he was writing in and, yeah. it, and it,
1: it comes through and like but specifically in terms of his view on nature he th- clearly sees that nature is ordered nature has a balance and yeah. man's relationship to nature is it's strained and it's weird and it's you know it's it needs to be worked out carefully because you can do a lot of damage uh like, nature can do a lot of damage to us, and we can do a lot of damage to nature. Yeah. And the conclusion that he seems to kind of come to is one that of, like, when you become a man, that is when you take up the fire. Mm. You sort of use it to claim dominion yeah. over nature. And, you, like, man will always be separate from nature, in a sense. Like, we're either going to be separated like completely because we have nothing to do with it or we will claim our place as its sort of master in yes. a sense or like you know we will will master it you know not in terms of like subjugating it like he doesn't seem to be that kind of person but like it is very much a sense of like it is kind of our job to sort of like retain this position of like aloofness and control nature yeah. that's not really how we think about nature these days no. And it's certainly not what we think of as an aspirational
0: view yeah, exactly, of
1: yeah. our relationship with nature. So I really like how this film updates that. I really like the idea that like having claimed his position in he, that he claims his position in nature not by, you know, specifically not by taking up the fire. Yeah. By he claims his position in nature by throwing the fire away. Yeah. Um, once he sort of realizes and he kind of you know, he accidentally burns the, the jungle down. But he puts it right. But he puts it right. Like, you because know.
0: Because he, he claimed a place with the elephants earlier by being their friends and... Yes.
1: Yeah, his- but using his... You know aspects that are inherent to his yeah. humanity, his ingenuity, tool his use, tools, yeah. like you know the fact that he can think laterally and all of that other stuff.
0: And it's a good, it's it's very good that they called it your tricks, yeah. rather than your tools, yeah, because it, then it can incorporate sort of more than just making things that do things, and it can incorporate these sort of attitudes as well, yeah. They, Human ingenuity, yeah, can be a trick.
1: But I like the way that it posits this as like these are things that can be used to aid nature and this is our place in nature we are not not part of the natural cycle it is not the destiny of mankind to either ascend to be the master of nature or respectfully withdraw from it and leave it to its own devices. I know, we're part of the natural world as well, and as long as we have humility about the natural world and awareness of the danger that our own impulses, when unchecked, can have on the balance of the natural world, we can be part of that and therefore Mowgli can stay in the jungle. Yeah. He's fought for this, he's earned this right, and we're not going to sit there and say to you that, like, ah, but never the twain shall meet. Yeah. I don't know, maybe that's a, an overly optimistic view of things, I don't know. <laughs> sure. But it, frankly, it works for me a lot better as a viewer. It's a lot more satisfying within the context of the story they're being, that yeah. they're telling here.
0: It, yeah, exactly. It's It's what you have to do, something like that, if you are telling a story with the Jungle Book today, because yeah. otherwise, as you say, the only alternative is forget all of that. Yeah. And instead be happy that now he has to hang out with whoever whoever else.
1: Yeah, exactly. And yeah, it's it's a better... I think it's a better ending within the context of this story of Mowgli. And frankly, I just think it's... I just think it's a thing that's nicer and more aspirational and inspiring yeah. for an audience member to hear.
0: Yeah, um, and now, one of the one of the things that I uh, do enjoy about the uh, the animated ending, yeah, which is covered here perfectly yeah. well, is that yes, he's gone off to be in this village because he's got his own new idea. But now, Bagheera and Baloo are friends, and they started off as, as basically not friends, not yeah. enemies, but closest to without yeah. actually. Um, yeah, I think it's nice that they're friends at the end because of the adventure they've been on. Yeah, well, here. It, you have that great uniting of everyone in the jungle yeah exactly that yeah. stands in for that
1: yeah because he yeah he, the, this idea that he does unify yeah. everybody yeah um yeah I just it's just much more of a dramatically satisfying ending mm. uh that I think appeals to modern sensibilities yeah. a lot more and like again it's it's intelligent it's intelligent writing it's intelligent adaptation of both pieces of key source material that they're using yeah they know what to take from both both the book and the older film, they know how to rework that to their own ends and they know when to just strike off on their own. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of the film all over. Yeah. It it isn't a perfect film, but it is it is pretty much as good as it could be for what it's trying to be. Yeah. Um, and, like, I mean, I suppose this is the
0: point where we bring up,
1: do we have nitpicks?
0: Yeah, I've, yes. Yes. I as I was watching it, I wrote down some little nitpicks, and they don't matter. But why? Why not? Let's let's yeah. cover that because otherwise we've just been gushing about a film yeah. for ages. Um, so I'll look at my notes that I made, but yeah. I, but I know one right <laughs> off the top of my head, which is no, not a nitpick. No, this is a more this is a more robust discussion than that because I like bits of it, and that is the occasional use of songs. I yeah, I wanted to talk about yeah. that as well. It's, I, interest, it's it interesting. It's interesting what they it, do. It for is sure. interesting, and I think that they. I think they. Basically, I think it's more or less best-case scenario what they did with Bare Necessities. Yeah. They worked that in, uh, I think, well, best-case best, best case scenario for me personally, I would like to have heard him humming it once before Yeah, rather than just start singing it and Mowgli goes, what's that? But yeah. but what I mean is, they knew they had to do Bare Necessities. Yeah. And so they made it an in-universe Bare Necessities. Like, yeah. This is a song that this guy does sing to himself. Yeah. he. It's almost like his it's almost like his song in the way that like a bear's call like yeah. it's it, that's Baloo's <laughs> yeah. song that he sings to himself yeah. and um and it's and it serves to highlight and to remind us of the lore of the jungle chant which comes up again later so if, if, if it actually has a use yeah in the story that way I thought that was really good yeah um I thought it was done very naturally so that when you get to the point where now we're singing the bear necessities yeah it's a completely justified in universe yeah uh it's it's fine it's fine it's, yeah it's good i like that um with an, and if i must if if there's a nitpick to be made it's that the 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 boy is just awful to listen to yes he is he's he's just gonna ah, bad necessities no, whereas the you know the kid in the old film yeah. was singing he's singing like, it, in, yeah in, i i found that there was a
1: certain charm to hearing yeah. him and bill murray just absolutely murdering that's that song thing. yes
0: but, but the, it such energy yeah that's what it is it's yeah. I, I hated the sound of this kid. I didn't mind Bill Murray so much. Yeah. But I hated the sound of this kid. But I liked it because in the story, yeah. it's this kid. Why would he be able to sing? Yeah. He's literally never heard a song. Yeah. And and this character and they're singing together and it was sweet. It's it was like a good. kid
1: singing with his drunk uncle. Yeah, or yeah, something, you know, like but it's like a really nice bonding
0: moment. It, yeah. It was it was um, it was great. So I was conflicted about how yeah. story appropriate it was that Mowgli was singing along with the whole song. Yeah. Compared to how horrible it sounded. <laughs> yeah. um, but it was story appropriate, so so I'm happy uh, yeah. with that. Um I, I wrote down, it's not beautiful, it's not real jungle harmony. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, but I quite liked it. I, what I didn't like was when they played a dramatic strings version of it as he saved the baby elephant from the pit. I thought it was really weird and took me out of what was otherwise I, a very nice moment. I actually really liked that myself. Right Right, and yeah. Abby talked me round. Why, yeah. why did you like it? Because to me it was just stupid. It was like, da, 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 da. like, get off it. I've been in this song all my life. Don't be silly. No, I just, I just liked it. I think, yeah. I, I,
1: I don't know. I just thought that it was, it kind of underlined the, it underlined the fact that it was kind of an important, foundationally philosophical moment uh-huh. for Mowgli as a character. Yeah, because it's like he's sort of adopted this life approach, but like you know, the, yeah. the, the the whole bare necessities thing. This is
0: it. What what Abby was saying about it is that essentially. Um, it's a different take on what bare necessities means. Yeah. Like in, in the old one, it is it is just like, oh, whatever. Yeah. But in this one, we are coming to see... It's part of the ongoing journey towards yeah. seeing that one of the bare necessities of Mowgli... Yeah. ...is his tricks. Yeah. And he uses them to get this, this elephant yeah. out, and it's the first time he's done that. Not with approval, exactly, but kind of with approval if you count the approval of the elephant. Yeah. Um... So, so it, it does actually thematically. Fit. In
1: that context, Be- the Bear Necessities, like as a musical theme, starts to represent the idea of like Mowgli discovering the fact that it's okay for him to live naturally, yeah, like in a way that's authentic and yeah. natural to himself, and that that isn't messing up the balance of nature. Yeah, hence the fact that you get the the very triumphal version of it, like at the end, where he's racing through the jungle mm. and sort of fully in ownership
0: of who he is now. The Son of Man scene. <laughs>
1: yeah, basically, yeah. And that's what that song, I think, stands in for yeah. there. So, yeah, it, it's a it, it's a different use of it. But I think it works. I, frankly, I think it's a really nice arrangement
0: of it. It's quite, it's quite nice. It, it's purely... Uh, so, basically, I agree with all of that, and I yeah. agree that it does fit. But it's the bare necessities. You know, yeah. it's like they might as well have put Wish Upon a Star there. It's a very jarring, like, yeah. well, I was in the moment there, yeah. but now I'm listening to the bare necessities. You know, so yeah, it's fine, but yeah. it, that, it, it did take me out. So that was just, that's a small nitpick. Um, what do we do with "I want to be like you"? That was an odd moment, wasn't it?
1: It was odd, but yeah. I got to say, I unambiguously love it.
0: <laughs> I ambiguously love it, but yeah. I love it. Um, yeah. it's it, I love it because of how daft it is. Yeah. we've all, we've all the film has completely uh, led me on a perfect curve. Yeah. to hundred percent accepting a giant Christopher Walken <laughs> King Louie. Yeah. Like I was there in that moment, I yeah. wasn't even like, It's Christopher Walken, yuck yeah. yuck, yuck. Like I was yeah. like, Yeah, this is this makes yeah. total sense to have this this giant mob boss in yeah. charge of these monkeys. He's literally not stood up for most of his life. Like yeah. when he stands up, it leaves part of his like certainly fur behind, if not skin, yeah. on the throne. And that's why the, the ruins have survived his existence up yeah. till now. That's all great. And then he just starts singing this classic Disney song. And yeah. It does work as yeah. part of the gag. It's Yeah. It does work and I can't justify that.
1: <laughs> I think part of what makes it work is cuz he sings it so terrifyingly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like it's really scary it's the scariest version yeah. of I Wanna Be Like You anyone has ever recorded and that's so funny
0: yeah so like what we've had we've had Louis Prima what Gary Wilmot who did it on Mad About the Mouse no, <laughs> there, was a, there was one other version and then this I
1: feel like frigging Michael Bublé must have done it at some point as well I think he has <laughs> he, but
0: may we, well. he, he may but, well have. he may well have and then this version for the for the DVD release. Yeah, like back when they used to have to put a music a new pop video on every Disney DVD. Do you remember that? Yeah, what was I do. it Barbara Streisand's "Someday My Prince Will Come"? I don't remember that. It was it was one of those. Yeah, it was oh, some, <laughs> someone like that and yeah. something like that. But and yeah. in fact, and I think it was that because it was on. Uh, you even had um, Michael Eisner came out <laughs> to introduce it. He was like, "And now." Very special appearance from Barbara Streisand <laughs> for this exclusive DVD version of Someday My Prince Will Come, or whatever it was. It was one of those sorts of songs. It was ludicrous. Like, if they're
1: going to do that, I'd rather it be Christopher Walken.
0: You, yes. <laughs> you know? Why not? Why? And, and I, I think we now deserve on the Blu ray. I think we should have a, a lavishly, like, soft focus lens music <laughs> video of Christopher Walken singing this. And yeah. It should be directed by whoever did, you know, Michael Bolton. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, I would kickstart that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was a moment I didn't dislike. No. And I should have. But it's so. It's jarring,
1: but it's not. It, it, it's jarring without being jarring. Yeah. You no, know? it's like it's it's just this sudden blast from ninety degrees of something that like <laughs> you don't expect to be there, but like you can't. It doesn't not fit, I suppose, because I guess yeah. it's just because like it, maybe it's just because it's so hardwired into your head. Yeah.
0: that that song comes there. I think it's I think it's basically that it somehow it does work, but I can't begin to imagine the process of deciding to put it there. No. None of those, none of the decisions no. make any sense. No. But it does, <laughs> yeah. in the end, work. Yeah. Purely just, I think it, I think what we're looking at here is just an example of like, what happens if a good director yeah. does a stupid idea? <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, it's a good director, so it'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs>
1: And, and just the right performer as well, I think. Yeah. I think very few people could have pulled that off other than, like, yeah. Christopher Walken, who... Look, there's something surreal about Christopher Walken... Yes. ...at all times. Yes. So, like, the fact that it's him, it makes it feel intentional in a way that it wouldn't if it was just someone else. If it was just some guy. Yeah. Y-
0: yes, but I'm trying to, as much as I can... I've tried to watch this without going like, it's Christopher Walken! You know, like... Sure. Like, caring who the voices but are. But even
1: if you don't know the actor Christopher Walken, yeah. his presence, yeah, that some- presence yeah. that he brings exactly. into Exactly, something
0: part. about him yeah, without any cultural baggage yeah. is odd anyway.
1: It's that disconnected but threatening sense yeah. to the way he
0: delivers lines. It's- yeah.
1: And... Even if you'd never heard of him as an actor, yeah.
0: that still comes across in the scene. It really does. And it, and it does with the character. And this is not... Uh, you know, it's not like a balloon. This isn't like, what if we made a Christopher Walken ape? Yeah. It's not. It's a, it's a new character, but he's... It, well, it's like the word disconnected. It's He it kind of doesn't care yeah. what's happening around him. He just cares what he has. Yeah. And, yeah, it's, it's good. It's a good performance and somehow. that's
1: like... And that's the thing, throughout, it doesn't even diffuse the tension of the scene at all. If anything, it slightly increases it,
0: because it's like, you're not... Yeah, now (laughs) what's he doing? What's he doing now? (laughs) There's a constant, real, palpable threat of, like, what will this giant thing do to this kid that he believes? Because, and this isn't, like, you don't feel this in the old one. Yeah. Mowgli cannot make fire. And no, this guy will probably just just gently pull him in half. Yeah, he doesn't exactly. Do it. That's
1: literally what I was gonna say. Like <laughs> at any point during this version of I Wanna Be Like You, yeah. you feel as though King Louis might just literally dismember Mowgli yeah. while still singing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like Habadoo
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> And that's definitely a very different way yeah. to play that song. Yeah. But the, but the thing, the thing that I like <laughs> the most about it is like when he then comes back at the in, during the end credits. Yes. To just sing the song yes. pretty straight, he then completely pulls that
0: off. Totally as well. pulls that off. That's one of the best bits of the film. The end credits is brilliant. Yeah, the end credits are brilliant. There's nothing, nothing is wrong with the end credits. <laughs> Every single detail of it is great. Now I know that they used the real book at first as well. Yeah. God, that was just... That's a cherry on a stack of cherries! <laughs>
1: There's a lot of cherries,
0: yeah. There's one thing... Here's my nitpick. Okay. This is the nitpick section. Yeah, right? I know, right? Here's my nitpick. I give me one instance of uh, Riley rhyming something with Gigantopithecus, but not two. I'll take the second one. I like the second one the best. They what Magnificus? Two, I can't even remember yeah. what it was. I just know yeah. it was in some way better. Yeah.
1: Um, Oh, how magnificent it could be Beam. for a gigantopithecus like, like me! So yeah. you've
0: got the 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 odd big long rhyme, and then another little rhyme on the end. Yeah, yeah. that that's better than the earlier one, which was just the one word. Chuck out the first yeah. one. I don't I don't know how they came upon this. I assumed that they dug out like a rejected verse from the original song, because it does sound like the sort of thing the Shermans would write. You know how they did it? Go on. They got Richard Sherman to write new lyrics. See, I don't think the Richard Sherman at his height, or maybe, I mean, the Richard Sherman with a brother to shout him down, Maybe. would have used that twice. Twice. I don't think any lyricist would do that twice. I don't know why this happened. Yeah. Because it's great. Yeah. It's, It's a really good line. Yeah. Once... Yeah, do it twice and it kind of spoils it for me. So that's my nitpick.
1: I think maybe they're just really trying to lampshade this whole Gigantopithecus thing. Was,
0: yes, like it's too lampshaded.
1: But I mean, like, just to really, I, I think they are for anyone who didn't read up on the production of the film uh-huh. and the decision-making process. That you do you know all that? No, go ahead. Like, they wanted King Louis in the film, yeah. obviously. Um, Araghatans don't live in India. Okay. They just don't. They live in Borneo. They live in Southeast Asia. And that was always a weird thing to have in it. So they were like, well, what can we do instead? Yes, because if
0: you don't know, listener, there is no King Louis in the books. That was... Yes. He's only there because King Louis was going to be in the film The Jungle Book. So they just (laughs) made a character for him. Yes. (laughs) But, um, yeah, so they wanted Sorry. To be clear, that I called him that because that was his name, Louis Prima. Yeah. They just put Louis Prima in because just they had Paul cloth. Yeah. yeah. Because they had Phil Harris, yeah. they're like, well, let's. I bet we can get another one. now. <laughs> so they did. Yeah. But so yeah, anyway. that so that was
1: that's a completely scientifically incorrect detail. Yeah. So they would think of a solution and they researched the Gigantopithecus, which is like a long, long extinct, very, very giant ape that they Louis-
0: were that big. Pretty much. Ooh. That's a long time ago. Sure. Well, I mean, but we still have the, the equivalent. We still have the flat-faced orangutan. Yeah. You know, they, they, I, those are still at zoos now.
1: I don't know how much the real Gigantopithecus looked that much like a modern orangutan. I <laughs> no, you didn't say a
0: mob boss. A mob. <laughs> look, look, look,
1: look. I don't know how much they look like
0: Christopher Walken. Um... <laughs> Which this one does. Kind <laughs> of, but not in the not in the kind of parodic way that, that Baloo's, some of his expressions and mannerisms yeah, do. Yeah, but you Bill can Murray, see but, that yeah. they've
1: worked his facial... You know, his
0: face works a lot better than Baloo's, but maybe that's because it's an ape. It's an work, ape, like, it's humans, yeah. Anyway.
1: But yeah, so, no, I mean, like, they really were giant apes of, of, of that size. Right. They didn't necessarily look like just giant orangutans, yeah. but I think they were orangutan-esque. Yeah. So they're like, and they lived in India. Close enough, let's So close that. enough. Yeah. So let's have him be the last Gigantopithecus instead. And then oh, that, right. that that fits why he's like this weird legendary king figure yeah. as well. So that all works That's really, really well. That's really good, yeah. But then I suppose they're thinking like, we need to brief audiences who didn't read up on our interviews what the hell this <laughs> is. <laughs> right, yeah, so
0: it's like, by the way, yeah. Google Gigantopithecus.
1: <laughs> we'll say it twice in the song. So you remember it. So you worked. Yeah. There you go. I mean We'll say it another couple of times at the end. <laughs> I think that I genuinely think that's why. Right. Like just to sort of like say we didn't yeah. pull this out of our
0: arse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Fair um, enough. Still once, though, that there's yeah. too many, it's, too many. It, it just strikes of, like, someone having had a good idea and then yeah. doing it again, yeah. like, because everyone laughed so they tell the same joke. Yeah, Like, don't yeah. do that, that's not a lyricist. But. But it turns out it is. Yeah. It's one of the Shermans, so, okay, sorry, <laughs> sorry, surviving Sherman.
1: <laughs> Look, it's great that they got him. Yeah. I mean, that's great. Of course like, it is. That he came back and wrote new lyrics to I yeah. be Like You in 2016.
0: I'm not sure why, because they cut lyrics out in order to make way for it. I guess they ma- just sort of start in the middle, don't they? Yeah, though? they do. Yeah, they well, start get- at "Don't Try to Kid Me, Man." Cover. But they were never
1: going to do the whole song. No.
0: Um, and also that they they couldn't have done the whole song because there is no song without Louis Prima. It is. Yeah. It's just like without him, it's just ooh ooh ooh. I'm a monkey. Yes. It it, it isn't. It, I don't think it would have even made it into the film if he hadn't come in and gone like, uh, "Here's what I'm going to do with that."
1: Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. But like I said, they make it work, and I like that they make. They by doing that it allows them to retain the music and the musical identity of the Jungle Book as a background element. Yeah. Uh, without just going full musical with it. Yeah. Um, I actually also really liked the version of Trust in Me. in yeah. the credits. No, me too.
0: That was I. I. I, th- I. They. They were right not to put it in the film. Yeah. Um. Although here's another n- little nitpick. I think Car was underused. Um. Yeah. Purely because maybe this is just because I'm thinking of the old cartoon, but that's that's a character who seems built to appear again later especially given that car is actually the main character in the uh, the monkey uh, city scene in the book okay um, when they get there it's very similar to what it is in the film they yeah. you even have the thing where like they have to climb up really high and baloo can't very easily get there and okay, things like yeah. this but the resolution of it is that um, Car comes in. Yeah. who's like temporarily working with them. I thought Car is just a good guy in there. Well, he sort of. It's it's. there almost aren't good guys and bad guys really. Even Shere Khan. It, it, there's yeah. there's just sort of like what everyone's perspective is. And right now, Car is happy working with them. Yeah, they've got the same goal right now. Yeah, and he. Um, what he does is he hypnotises all of the monkeys. Yeah. Um, not with flashy eyes, but by doing a sort of wavy dance. Yeah. Um, and then the, and then at the end he goes he goes kind of like, tell me monkeys, is it not so, or apes, whatever they are, is it not so, because they're called the Bandar Log.
1: Yeah, the Bandar Log, and,
0: yeah. Uh, and this is mentioned in the film. This is another one of my nitpicks. The yeah. way that they uh, lean into the names of things from the book, Yeah. I had to look up every single one of them to know what yeah. was said. Um, there's a moment where, um, uh, so Bandarlog comes up in Baloo's, uh, like, distract-diversion. Yeah. Which in this is, he, he's just, like, acting like a fanboy of King Louis, And he goes, like, uh, could I, could I be a Bandarlog? Yeah. too. Yeah. And I think when I, when I first saw that, I thought, like, is this just a word I don't know for some sort of group? Yeah. Um...
1: But it, That wasn't the first mention of it, though. I think King Louis also had previously said so, he was the king of the band Laga. So Lager.
0: Abby tells me. I yeah. missed it both times. Okay. Um, but yes, apparently that's the case. But it's very... It's skipped over very, very quickly. And then the other one is... Uh, Sioni, which is the name of, like, the area of the jungle the wolves live in. Okay. And so, um, and apparently this is also mentioned earlier. I can't now remember where it was, but I did spot it the second time round. But the first time round, when Mowgli's making his big dramatic stand and his his big thing he says his almost like final statement is I am Mowgli of the CNE. Yeah. I had to replay it 5 times and eventually yeah. give up and look at the subtitles and it says the CNE what? And I, and I didn't I I came out of that film not knowing what yeah. that was yeah. until I read the book. Yeah. So I think that's could have been clearer. This is, this is a Stay puffed situation for me. <laughs> yeah. I, I have always maintained that the Stay puffed brand should have been much more clearly established across I agree. the film. I agree.
1: I, I, I very much agree. <laughs> I don't know if that's blasphemy, but yeah, I agree. <laughs>
0: when you say this they'll point out that like there's a poster they go past and, and the eggs it's not enough she puts them down it's not enough no uh, same here I, yes technically it is established but I would I'm, have liked I was
1: okay more. with Bandar Log because I think you can basically in, within the context just read that as a yeah. synonym for Mafia y-
0: that, yeah that's it yeah. that's what I thought it was Yeah. I thought do I just not know enough about like organised crime yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> And another way you could read it is, do I not know what species of monkey this is? Yeah, and it's called a bandalog. Which yeah, which kind of is what it is, but it's just a made-up kipling. Yeah. word, as far as I know, it might be a I don't know, it might be an Indian word. I yeah. Don't know. Um. So there you go. There's some little nitpicks.
1: Well, you were, you were saying as a broader point about car, though, weren't you? That you've well, I was like just saying that, that because back.
0: car is the the main character in that scene. Yeah. Yes, I would have liked a return of car. I just would have liked a return of car. I think it was odd to bring that character in as just a little cameo, make so much out of it. Like, guys, look. Look, it's Carr. Yeah. It, l- look who it is. You know, you recognise the voice. You recognise the character. And then that's it. They yeah. don't come back. Um, it works because um, the purpose of Carr in the film is to, sh- to give us that little bit of backstory yeah. in a way that makes sense.
1: Yeah. No, that works. I like that and flashback. it does work.
0: Oh, yeah, it's really well done. Um, so it fills in and I like jets. the
1: use of the instrumental trust in me yes that's well, really that's, well done yeah.
0: um, but I, I wasn't so sure about when they did a big dramatic version of it as he was running back to the jungle with the fire I don't really know why that's a trust in me moment
1: well, I guess it's sort of calling back to the and earlier yes. vision isn't yeah. it um, but uh, I mean like I think that all of the animal characters in this they have their own purpose though and yes. they they kind of stop they don't keep bringing them back for appreases after they've already had their purpose. Because it's like every every animal character in this film, they kind of have a... They're interesting because they have a different perspective on what they think Mowgli-slash-man's relationship with nature yeah. should be. Like, the wolves... The wolves are just trying to naturalize him and just trying to ignore what makes him yeah. different. You know, and that doesn't really work. Like, Shere Khan sees him as this, like, existential threat mm-hmm. that needs to be like destroyed yeah like Baloo sees him as you know I can he's okay he can be himself and we can sort of all benefit from that yeah Bagheera's like oh he should be back with his own kind King Louie and the monkeys they're like we can exploit this we you know we see someone like him as aspirational we want to become like man yeah uh and car car just wants to eat him yeah you know there's a lot of different yeah equally like valid authentic animal perspectives on like what what should we the natural world be doing with these these Mm. things and like i I think car had served her purpose yes i think honestly the main reason you want her back is because she's well because car is such an iconic character but i think this version worked and
0: it works perfectly well yeah this is a this is, this is by no means something, I think, that they sort of screwed the pooch on.
1: She was both more creepy and less creepy than the Winnie the Pooh version.
0: <laughs> Why less creepy? Um. Oh, wait. Yeah, there's that bit where he goes, Ooh, a little boy. Yeah.
1: All that. Because, look, Trust in Me is quite a seductive song, yes. just at the best of times. Yes. And I'm more comfortable with Scarlett Johansson singing that than <laughs> Winnie
0: the Pooh. And I loved the... Um, <laughs> I loved the ending version and how they they just leaned into that. I mean, I said it before, they, they made it a, a bond version yeah. of Trust in Me, including the visuals. Yeah. And I just yeah. thought that was a very elegant way of of frankly, I assume Scarlett Johansson isn't a singer. Yeah. She did a perfectly good job on this. I and think it,
1: she has song, but she's not a singer.
0: Right. And this is not a taxing but it, it doesn't take much to do this version, this kind yeah. of half-whispered yeah. version of Trust in Me. And so I, just, I think that was very intelligently handled. Yeah. Um, and, and it does give you a little extra little, you know, we've had two songs. There's something weird about the fact that there's two songs? That's way too few songs. Yeah, yeah. If it had been just bare necessities, that would have been fine. Yeah. Then you've got a song. Add one more song and especially now, the way it's done. Yeah, and now you've got a musical, so it's yeah. weird there's only two. Yeah. Trust in me wouldn't have fit there. It wouldn't have it would have the same exact version of Trust in Me would have been rubbish if it had been in the film. And so here well, it, what
1: it would have done is slow the film to a grinding halt.
0: Yeah. Uh and so here it is. And it's just great. It's a really good little, little yeah. bit of credits stuff.
1: It's a it's like a again, a yet another cherry. Yeah. <laughs> basically. Yeah. Um well, this nitpick section has turned very positive. Um, um. W- while, we're, while we're on, quote-unquote, nitpicks that yes. aren't nitpicks and is just us bringing up other things we liked about the film, Yeah, I have another, quote-unquote, nitpick. Okay, go on. Like, I was really, really on board with Idris Elba as sheer Yes. Yes. Uh, like, I wasn't sure what to expect from yeah. that, but very different, yeah. but totally works.
0: Yeah, I, I loved... I loved it. Yeah. I loved how when you... I don't know about you, but they they gave him such weight and presence. Yeah. His teeth, his claws, he looked physically extremely uh, dangerous. The part when he was... Um, the fact that he fights nearly everyone in it yeah. at some point, and none of them can touch him, they can just slow him down. Yeah. He was really, really, really physically imposing. But the bit I remember is when he was talking sweetly to the kids. Yeah. That's the scariest thing in the yeah. film. It's brilliantly done. Yeah, yeah. The ki- the, she calls the kids back and he just momentarily keeps one. And for a second. Then lets it go. Yeah. And nobody says anything and it's all completely brilliantly communicated. Yeah. And that's not I suppose that's not even Idris Elba. He wasn't even, didn't open his mouth for that bit, but just that handling of him yeah. was so yeah. good. And the parts where, where Idris Elba played that, like yeah. when he was telling the story to the kids immediately before it, I loved so much.
1: Like with King Louis, I feel like they're playing crime boss notes mm-hmm. with him like you know more of a kind of like a, you know obviously a sort of London type of crime boss well, but yeah. he's that sort of threat rather than the yeah without saying no he, he he is also he still also has that champagne villain feel about him that sort of um, but in a new way but in a new way it's sort of halfway between that and like a, you know a gangster who is playing nice with you yeah. right now but yeah
0: and then on top of that on top of that He's quite reasonable. He's, yeah. from his perspective, yeah. and he manages to put across his perspective, The apart from the fact that he wants to just, like, kill Mowgli and so on, like, yeah. his actual arguments when he's explaining himself are reasonable. Yeah. And so that just adds to the menace. Yeah. Because you're like, there is no... The th- uh, it, we don't like the way he wants to go about what he wants. Yeah. But he's not going to change his mind about what he wants because he's not just making it up. He doesn't yeah. want a snack. He's not a car. He needs this threat gone, and he's got reason to want that. And And this
1: is the way he is very sure he wants that to happen.
0: Yeah, his personal tools are eviscerating a person. Like, he's got the claws and the teeth, and that's how he's going to deal with it. And if anyone else comes up with another thing to do, it will not be final enough for someone whose perspective comes from Having those body parts essentially, like, yeah, that's
1: and the burn mm. on his face, and the
0: burn on his face, yeah. I just mean like that the might like in our case we think of things in terms of like because we have thumbs, yeah. Everything we think of somehow comes from. oh, I'd like to have that, yeah, and we and we mean hold that, yeah. And for him, I want to destroy that yeah. with my claws and teeth, yeah. And that's incorporated so well into his like opinion and point of view. It's a really well done villain.
1: Yeah, I love the part where he's, um, where he goes back to the wolves. Uh, and just the sheer level of threat they convey with when he just goes up and sits there. Oh,
0: God. <laughs> he goes up, well, yeah, what is essentially, you know, Pride Rock. Yeah. And the wolf. King is on it, being the king, yeah. and he's just, what are you doing? What are you doing? Ah, <laughs> yeah. ah, you're going all the way up the rock and he just goes up, doesn't say anything, and just lounges on it. Like a cat. Like a cat. Just like a cat, but
1: like terrifying. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> it's brilliantly done. Yeah.
1: And also the way he kills Arkala as well. Just, oh just, that's
0: so good. Oh, yeah. Like so oh. like
1: everything he does is very nonchalant. Yeah. Um and this is something that I remember seeing people on social media talk about, like, without seeing the film before it came yeah. out. I was, like, you know, pointing to, like, this, the animated version of, of it and, like, you know, the George Sanders version, voiced version of it, and, yeah. like, pointing to all of the things they do to animate him, to give him body language, to inform his character through his design, you know, yeah. with the big chin and the way he moves his arms and stuff like that. And say, so, like, how could you get that with this film? Real-looking yeah. tiger. It's like, well, it's exactly
0: that's the it's the Aslan thing again that was yeah. made up before. When you when you imagine a big CG realistic big c- cat, like an animal that doesn't do yeah. human expressions in any real way. Yeah. How do you make a film out of that without it just sounding like some random actor talking in one room? Yeah. And a and a and a puppet moving around in another.
1: Yeah. I, either a puppet that looks so human that it's uncanny or so animal-like that you can't
0: read it but the the but it, this just points to how many intelligent decisions were being made in this like idris elbert he plays stalking he yeah. can stalk back and forth and <laughs> yeah do he's done this character before yes and so that is the right choice not just because it's a a famous name yeah or what have you um
1: and not just because, you know, in 2016 or whenever it was, Idris Elba took up residence in the Disney recording studio and refused <laughs> to leave until they let him record, like, four films.
0: <laughs> Take me through them.
1: Remind me. Um, maybe not four. But it was, it was the Jungle Book, yeah. Zootopia. Oh, yes. Finding Dory. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> um, there you are, yeah. Like... I might be missing one, I'd but I, I feel like maybe he refused to leave, maybe. and who was going to argue? He was like, "Oh, I'll, he probably went into the recording booth yeah. and sat there like sheer Khan." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's like, "You're going to write me into three
0: films," and yeah. they're like, "Yeah, mm-hmm. okay, we are." I <laughs> know. Yeah. I don't think he, I don't think he made any such demand. <laughs> I think he just went there, and they just went uh and started writing, <laughs> <laughs> and it worked out. Is he still there? We don't know. Um. I don't know. He's not. Bit- he had a fight with The Rock. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Man, I wish someone had recorded that. But um, yeah. No, he was the right person.
0: He was. A- they all were. Yeah. I can't think of a single. I have. Oh, I don't. I don't like myself for thinking this, but I wasn't so keen on Ben Kingsley. Hmm. I think he was the right choice, and I think he did more or less the right performance. But his his performance was so. Gentle. Yeah. That it was the only voice that I didn't feel was coming out of the, the character I was looking at some of the time.
1: I know what you mean. I yeah. know. He's not. He's definitely nowhere near bad. No.
0: Nowhere no. near. But he's not. Like, everybody else is like brilliant. That's it. He sounded to me the most like an actor unaccustomed to doing a cartoon voice being in a recording studio. Um, the rest of them, mm. to me, the voices and the visual, but together.
1: that's not true of Ben Kingsley. No, I mean, like, say what you will about the box trolls, but he is amazing <laughs> yeah. in it. Like, genuinely, he it's he, like he's he's a performance that makes that whole film.
0: Yeah, so I think it is. I think it, it, it is a direction thing. It's because it's Bagheera. You got to be what was going to be one of the most um, clashing comparisons between what the character will look like done realistically, which is like a threat. Yeah. compared to what the character is which is not a threat and a and a gentle character and yeah. a, and a caregiving character even baloo it's a, appropriate for there to be an amount of th- of of sort of unease when you first meet him yeah. there's nothing wrong with that it, as it as it turned out he wasn't threatening but conceptually speaking if he had been yeah. that would have been fine yeah. uh, to us then find out that he's actually this laid back guy that would yeah. be, conceptually that would have been fine but here you have a gentle soul played with a gentle soul voice yeah coming out of a, a panther that's yeah. sized up to be a sort of threatening looking uh and credibly can fight Shere Khan. yeah um so perhaps that was it but yeah that that was the one place where might i
1: not be that might not even be. have been his performance per se maybe they, they just didn't yeah. quite find the exact right yeah. ground between his performance and what they were doing with the animation oh, yeah um yeah yeah but on. again it's fine it's fine it's at worst fine exactly yes um
0: Yeah, that's... Yeah, basically, if I had to, like... You know, when you're at the optician, and they go, which one's better, one or two? And they're the same, and you have to be like, I guess that one was a bit better. It's like that. I'm picking the one I thought was the least successful. Yeah, but... It was all fine, it was all good, yeah, um, another film would have had and and other films in this series have had me react more strongly to stuff like the um the the quirks of the porcupine character, for instance, who just sort of says like that's mine, that's mine he he's, yeah, he's the obligatory says one word over and over again character, yeah. and then you've got the um, the little jaboas who are lovely to look at, yeah but. There again, they're sort of the sped up voice, yeah, um, I don't think I mentioned it in the Cinderella uh, podcast, but um uh, me and Abby both were bugged by the mice in that instead of uh, squeaking, yeah, they had like the sped up voice of guys going like me, me, me. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was really annoying, and the Jaboas might have reminded me of that, but they didn't because it was a good film it, yeah it, it, it's so well directed that everything slotted in together,
1: yeah, absolutely, like I mean. I think the testament to how, you know how successful this film is, is the nature of our nitpick section there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like we basically didn't really have any. It's
0: the equivalent of spotting an unrealistic leaf. <laughs> exactly. It's, yeah. It, it was all fine. Oh, should we mention that the porcupine is Gary Shandling's last role?
1: Yeah, that's a it's an odd note to go out on, It is, isn't it? But hey, it's a good film.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's just not a very good character in that film. It's a perfectly likable one, but it's yeah. Like, Oh, that's the one that was someone's last role. Yeah, exactly. Okay. But I tell you what was really good, and that was the, the little collection of critters that hang around with Baloo, and are going like, It's a man-cub, that!
1: Look! The ones who hang out with Baloo, those, that's John Favreau and Sam Raimi.
0: Uh, those guys were good. Yes. Well, I like those guys a lot.
1: Yeah. Um...
0: yeah. like those guys a lot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and those
0: are the kind of characters who can very easily be yeah. rubbish. And, right, at least the porcupine is from the book. Like most, yeah. the the little side characters. There's one bit when the porcupine goes like, "Oh look, it's peace rock, peace rock." Yeah, and a, a bird of prey yeah. sees that and flies off to tell other people. That's a character from the book. Oh, right, okay. There's all sorts of little nods to like just stuff from the book. Yeah. And like I say, I've only read halfway through the first of the two books. Yeah. So what do I know? I, there's so much yeah. that I don't yet know what's from them, and so it's so again we have a an a, a successful adaptation of a book and a successful adaptation of a Disney film. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to, like, everything now. It, the, the Lion King, yeah, but, yeah. like, do a sword in the stone for me. Do... Yeah. I mean, I mean I'm, they are doing. They are, are they? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> turns for, out... Careful uh, what you wish for. Turns out I'm not quite as 100% on that idea as I thought. <laughs> well, it all depends on if the... It all depends... Well, they're looking into it right now. It all we, depends yeah. on if they look at the Jungle Book yeah. and go, this was the success. This is where we got the formula right. This is how, here's a good approach, here are some good ideas. Or whether they look at Beauty and the Beast and go, that's a financial success, let's just do a load of rubbish ones.
1: <laughs> I mean, look, maybe you'll feel different about Beauty and the Beast when you see it. But, maybe. But, but yeah, you're right. Uh, but but <laughs> Also, bear in mind, though, yep. like, this was a huge financial success as well. Yeah, but not surely not, not as Beauty and the Beast. Like, like, Beauty and the Beast did, like, I think... And what- I
0: say that without knowing <clears throat> the numbers. I just assume that Beauty and the Beast hit that princess note.
1: Yeah, Beauty and the Beast did, like, 1.2 billion or something, whereas this did just under a billion.
0: Okay, as long as they're prepared to go, that, that's more or less the same. That's, yeah, that is, that's within
1: the margin of error. You yeah. know what I mean? That's, like, that's not a, st- a statistically significant gap. Okay, good. So,
0: <clears throat> so... This was a monstrously large hit. Okay, good, because this is the one that... It's a real film. Yes. And uh, so many of the others with the really the only exception being Cinderella. Yeah. Um but which but that was so mired in its identity as a remake of Cinderella that yeah. it kind of doesn't yeah. stand out from the pack. The rest of, It still is a film, but yeah, yeah. The rest have all been just like you know this, well here's more or here's this or, or here's
1: like a thing that only really exists as a reaction to yeah, that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And um but this, this is not that. No, this one is a film. And hopefully I, I think the one that I'm really looking at to settle this is now Aladdin. Yeah. Because the Lion King is now a done deal, as far as I'm concerned. I'm now, finally, yeah. really looking forward to it. I wasn't kidding when I, I tweeted, I don't know if you saw the other day, that I, I want a full-on war tribunal for whoever it is that's responsible for us still not having the D23 Circle of Life footage <laughs> that those people saw. Yeah. It's, like, been more than a year or something. Just give it us.
1: That'll, come probably, that'll probably be the trailer or, you yeah. know, a large component. Because, tr- like, the D23 stuff for the Jungle Book that came out ages before it and everyone was like, holy crap, you know, <laughs> you've got to see this bloody jungle. Right. Like, that, no one ever saw that until the trailer came out. Right. And then it was like, yep, yeah,
0: see, that's the jungle we were talking about. And honestly, I'm happy to wait and watch it in the film. I don't need it to come out as a trailer. It's fine. I'm just... Something about the principle of it annoys me. <laughs> Give it us. (laughs) Like, especially now you've seen this. Yeah. Yeah. Now I know that it can... There is such a thing as it being good. Like, before, I was just, like, imagining the dinosaur version of Circle of Life. Yeah. Honestly, that's what I was picturing. Yeah. And now, I'm not picturing anything, because I know I can't. I know I won't do it justice. I know it'll be right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. This is... Lion King is going to be good. Yeah. Aladdin, though. Yeah. What the hell is that going to be? Because Aladdin is... Okay, I'll admit it's not what we, what we would call recent anymore. <laughs> but 25 years is recent, right? Is it? <laughs> but, We're not old, right? But <laughs> um, Aladdin, I struggle to see anything outside of the um, the sort of Middle Eastern stuff. Yeah, that isn't still fine now. I think As filmmaking goes.
1: I think that's probably gonna be a bigger thing than you realize. Yeah. Assuming they get
0: that right. Well that's that's it. That is a big thing. And yeah. certainly this film has to work very hard yeah. to get around that. I don't know how you go about making a film now set there yeah. that is Especially, and and in fact, let me say with greater emphasis, now. Because what I meant initially was in a world that now cares about representation of minority stuff. Yeah. But now it's Trump's America. (laughs) Yeah. They are going to be actively annoyed by anything. Oh, yeah. I see what you mean. Anything that, that, yeah, there's going to be an argument over this film if it depicts brown people in a good light. Or a bad light. Or a bad light. That was already there. Yeah, yeah. So now we have these two factions Ooh, that... Yeah. Do you yeah. See what is, I mean?
1: Well, at least they've got Master of Subtlety and Nuance Guy Ritchie on the case. Oh, God, I keep forgetting. Oh, no. <laughs> Who has directed some good films, but he just doesn't seem like the person yeah. to
0: ask to do this. like To do this, to, to solve this problem. Yeah. Or to make the Aladdin film that we have to deal with as being the live-action Aladdin Disney film forever. Yeah. Or at least for 25 years, or whatever it is.
1: Because that's the thing, it's like, you know, if, if they got this dead right... Yep. ...then that's a genuinely culturally important film. Yeah. In the same way that, like, Black Panther is...
0: That's going to set the standard. If yeah. Aladdin doesn't meet that... <laughs> yeah. ...then th- there's going to be trouble. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they have to get that right. But also... Now, before I saw The Jungle Book... One of the things that most bothered me about the upcoming Aladdin is that Aladdin was so, so dependent on its humour yeah. and its good time feel. Yeah. It's almost an Emperor's New Groove. Yeah, it's a, almost. it's a, a fun and a silly film. Yeah. And there's no good that can come out of going, who shall we recast as Robin Williams? And I, like Will Smith, who yes. they seem to have cast, but that isn't the answer to that question. But now that I've seen them recast Baloo... Yeah. And now that I've seen that uh, a remake of a Disney film does not necessarily have to be a successful one, does not have to have the same tone... Yeah. We might be getting a serious Aladdin, and I don't know if I want that,
1: but... Or, or like, you know, more grounded action adventure Aladdin.
0: Aladdin. You know? which be Yes, if it was a sort of... I can see a sort of Raiders of the Lost Ark Aladdin working.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Now I don't know if I don't have I watched Guy Ritchie films. I mean like Name the, a few. the
1: the problem with Guy Ritchie is like his most successful stuff like you know Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels yeah. and Snatch and all that okay,
0: stuff. Okay, I saw Snatch. I, I avoided Lockstock. Yeah. Um, snatch is
1: good. It's yeah. a good it's a good example of I what I I seem it to remember
0: is. not I, I don't remember anything about it but I, I don't remember yeah. eating it so it must be. It's just the
1: big black mark against Guy Ritchie is he just did that King Arthur film this Ooh. year that like should have been you know, yeah. a success in this genre and yes. was a big failure in
0: this genre. Uh, that what you've got there is exactly what Aladdin is. That is a fantasy action.
1: Yeah, exactly. Situation. That's the big. That's yeah. really a big question mark.
0: Um, but I think even just within this series, we've seen films made by people who've who've made other films that were vastly different in quality. Yeah.
1: Oh, he did the two uh, Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes films.
0: Oh well, I didn't which see are, those. They're okay.
1: Yeah. They're okay.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> see, here's what we've got. This is what I'm uh, reacting to. Guy Ritchie is a film whose sort of film... <laughs> He's not a film. <laughs> Guy Ritchie is a filmmaker whose sort of films are the sort I don't go to see. Yeah. I, In the same manner that I wouldn't be interested in a remake of Aladdin by the director of The Fast and the Furious or something like that. These are films wh- where I'm like, I'm not going to sign any petitions for yeah. them to be stop being made. Yeah. But I don't go and see them. I don't want you know, Michael Bay's The Little Mermaid... No. ...in the same way that I don't want Guy Ritchie's Disney's Aladdin. But bear in mind, though, like,
1: there are directors who are a lot more flexible than Michael Bay is. Yes. I mean, like, you know, you use Fast and the Furious as your example. I yeah. mean, Justin Lin, director of most of the Fast and the Furious films, made what I thought was a great Star Trek movie in Star Trek Beyond.
0: Yeah. I oh. liked that one and uh I can't remember if I can't remember if I would if I thought it was great or not cuz I can't really remember it but I did like it. But it wasn't like fast and the it, Furious. W- well, maybe it was because I haven't seen them. And as I understand it, those get good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so I should see them. So we're not talking about films I am necessarily correct in avoiding but they are films that something about their cultural place as like Men and Machines and yeah. ugh, and Guns. Yeah. These are films that I'm like all right, I get it, but that's not for me. Sure. So to see that encroaching on the thing that is the most in the world for me... Yeah. <laughs> probably Disney's Aladdin. I wouldn't say it's like the best of the bunch, but it is what I would say is the one most made with me in mind. Yeah, yeah. Um... And I mean me then. I mean cartoonist, child, fond of Robin Williams. Yeah. Um, Like, everything about it, it loved the Alan Menken songs from the previous films. You know, that... Yeah, yeah. All of those ingredients were perfect for me. Yeah. And now I'm seeing it... Essentially taken away. But I'm not feeling like, uh, you know, the the, the, the the particularly angry critics of The Last Jedi. I don't yeah. feel like it's being taken away from me in that sense. I'm happy, it's fine. Yeah. I've got it on Blu ray. Yeah. I, I will always have it. It's <laughs> yeah. fine. But I am going, what? Why would you choose that?
1: Well, look, we don't necessarily know that it's going to be the Arg Guns Men Angry thing that Guy Ritchie has been brought to this project to bring into Aladdin. That's yes. you know, as I say, with Justin Lin. Yes, that that's exactly what everyone was concerned about right. with him directing Star Trek Beyond. It's right. like, oh god, are they just going to action it up? Right, they, you right. know, are they going to try and make it like Fast and the Furious? Yeah. They have got the Fast and the Furious guys, especially like,
0: since that was already the criticism of the series.
1: Exactly, it's like, oh, it's going further down that route, yeah. and then Star Trek Beyond was the most. Star Trek yeah. of those films, because it turns out that Justin Lin is not a one-trick pony. Well, this is it.
0: it. Yeah, a lot of directors... See, and this is, the same, uh, this is the same with writers and various different forms of art. You learn the craft, yeah. then you have a hit... And then you're brought back in when someone wants that again. Yeah, it's very possible that that you know every director, including Michael Bay, yeah. may well be able to do any genre they want. Yeah, um,
1: I mean Michael Bay's done films that aren't exactly like his bread and butter stuff. I mean he did that like that film about Benghazi like last year or whatever it was, and that's not like it wasn't meant to be great, but it's also not meant to be like Transformers, right. you know. Uh, similarly, I mean. Uh, John Favreau, like, he is a guy whose background was mostly, you know, before Iron Man, was in, like, kind of, like, sort of talky drama, talky kind of comedy drama kind of stuff. And obviously he brought that to Iron Man, but then he brought, like, a lot of blockbuster chops to that as well. But I always thought it was going to, it was an odd choice for him to be making the Jungle Book in the style they seem to be making it. Yeah. Uh, Because I thought, like, Favreau is a guy whose strength I would characterize as being like loose improvisational chatterbox kind of... Right, yeah. Sort of like comedy and that kind of like dialogue-driven, dialogue-led. Like here you're putting him in something that's like just a complete special effects workhouse. Yeah. Is he going to be able to do that? Turns out, yeah. Yeah. 100% totally. Turns out John Favreau is a lot more flexible than we thought he was. Um... May, look, may, maybe Guy Ritchie has come to the pitching studio yeah. saying, like, hey, here's something that you've not had before and that I've not done before.
0: Yeah. Now I've seen The Jungle Book. I suppose this is my overall point. I will now just allow any daft choice like this. Yeah. Like, it, the, the most out-there choice of director. Yeah. For any of these films, I'm just going to trust them now yeah. because they've got me. I'm like, oh, okay, you do know how to do this this sets them up for a big fall though yeah and at some for some reason it's aladdin that i'm looking at yeah that's the one there's because aladdin is such a there's no disney's aladdin without every aspect of disney's aladdin you couldn't change the art style you couldn't change the cast you couldn't change the designs and uh, I mean of the... I don't mean, do it again, I mean of the original. If you took one aspect out, everything else would start to collapse. Yeah. And so this is such a different prospect that I'm worried we're heading towards a Sorcerer's Apprentice rather than a Jungle Book. Yeah. Basically. <sighs> what,
1: what I'll say is, see how see how you feel on this after you watch Beauty and the Beast. Uh, and also Pete's Dragon. Yeah. Like... Because those are two very different sorts of film as well that like, well, at that stage you'll be all caught up and you'll be able to consider the future prospects of this project with all of the available evidence in mind. Um, But I certainly agree that the Jungle Book is the most compelling piece of evidence yet, that this can work, that this can be a good thing and that they can can realise that Long-held dream that they've had for decades of like we want to make Disney movies real and let people live in them. Yeah, like that's a thing that can be done. Yeah. Uh, whether they carry on doing that is we'll see. It's I guess. going to get increasingly <clears throat>
0: tricky depending on their film choices because yeah. the Jungle Book is a gift because no one knows what the story is. Cause, yeah, because there isn't one. Yeah, but they're doing um. Aladdin, you've got quite a bit of flexibility because there are already different versions of Aladdin. You yeah. Know? I mean, until the Disney one, it was always set in China. Um, yeah. So the, there are various different versions and, and, and elaborations on that story. But when you get to uh, The Little Mermaid, for instance... Yeah. Even though, you know, that, that film was very unlike the story, the story was not a very well-known one. It wasn't, yeah. It wasn't right on the top of the pile... Before the Disney film. And so you might be in a Beauty and the Beast situation where they feel compelled to faithfully recreate the film. Yeah. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how they tackle a different version of the story of The Little Mermaid. Yeah, it's
1: not, it's of, a, not a of big, films where they already had a strong story a structure. A strong
0: story structure, yeah. yeah. It's, not, it's not a big... The themes in The Little Mermaid aren't really ones that there's all that much call to do in different ways.
1: Yeah, yeah and the hell that's going to be a challenge on the Lion King as well I mean we've said
0: well the Lion King's got to follow the Lion King I don't think there's a way out of that
1: I mean there's ways you can tweak the Lion King though. I mean it's been pointed out for decades that the Lion King has a very strange story structure that they could easily tweak and frankly they should tweak yes uh, because yeah I can't imagine they would release a film like that now with that first act that takes up the first half of the film. Yeah,
0: but it... But, but it, The but, second
1: act that takes five
0: minutes. Well, yeah, but it, the reason that works is because it was animated and it won't yeah. work in a live-action film. No. That, that works in the same way The Jungle Book works. You've got... the That that first act is so big because you are living in the jungle during it. Yeah, that's true. Or Savannah and then the jungle.
1: We'll have to see. Yeah. We'll have to see how these things go. They've shown they can do it now. Yeah. Though, and, look... Even if the rest of them are all terrible.
0: Lion King will be good.
1: The Lion, Lion King yeah. will be good. And even if they screw that up somehow, we got this one.
0: <laughs> well, yes. Now, this is the thing. And we said this before, but I'm just going to say it again. Do you think he's even going to do the scenes? Because there are so many scenes that are pivotal in The Lion King yeah. that are done now. We've had a stampede. Yeah.
1: He's going to have to try and find a different way into it.
0: The fight. Yeah. the, the So, like, I mean, it's not quite the same. But the fights that Shere Khan has, particularly with Bagheera at the end, look so much like (laughs) Mufasa versus Scar. And then, okay, it's not the same scene, but the next scene is set on that fiery background. Yeah. It's all very, very, very visually similar. Yeah. To the point where... Uh, he's not going to what wa- he, he has license to repeat them. Yeah. Uh, me, when we were watching it, me and Abby were joking and saying that, like, maybe they should really lean into, like, Disney nostalgia tribute and just reuse the same animation. <laughs> <laughs> just put the different models on. <laughs> um, but, uh, but, you know, is he going to want to say, no, I'm, I've done those scenes, so let's change the story altogether? Or what? Yeah.
1: I don't know. I'm going to be fascinated to see what... I think that when we see the trailers and stuff...
0: Yeah.
1: We'll start getting a sense of like um, whether he's yeah, going to yeah. run from that or lean into it.
0: I'm really, really looking forward to those trailers now. Yeah. I think the trailer for The Lion King... I don't think we're going to see a, a standard doopy-doop trailer for that. I think, we're gonna, I think there's going to be a statement of intent.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Because it's going to be a spectacle... You yeah. know, and a nostalgic spectacle yeah. as well. They're going to want to, like, hit... And they're going to want to play emotional notes. Yes,
0: and exactly. And despite the fact that The Lion King is, in fact, quite a fun cartoon, yeah, something about the overall piece makes you think that it's a quite serious, like, almost documentary. Like, when, <laughs> you, when you picture The Lion King... Yeah. I don't know about you, but the same part of my brain pictures The Lion King as pictures, like, a sort of, let's say, 1991 TV special about conserving the environment or something. It's Yeah, I, I, yeah, it, it, I know what you mean. That part of my brain is yeah. where The Lion King sits. And, and I think culturally it is something like that. I don't think we think of, like, you know, are you hungry for a hunk of fat and juicy meat? <laughs> when we think back to The Lion King. So I think the trailer will be serious.
1: Yeah, it will.
0: I think it will be slow camera coming on to different shots of the savannah and...
1: It's a serious-ish story, though, as well, you know. I mean, like, it's... it's, Well, it's kids' version of Hamlet, but it is a version of Hamlet. You know, it's... They do play with some Shakespearean tones. Oh!
0: Imagine how good that bit's going to look, the clouds and the ghosts coming in. Right. Ooh, think (laughs) of that! (laughs) Oh, they're not going to... Oh, they're not going to be able to get around it. That's going to have to... Yeah, it has to be. Yeah. And they, you know creatively you yeah. could tell the story a different way you know aspects of the the, the surrounding area yeah, but, but they won't do, they won't do that <laughs> because they've got to recreate that moment yeah and especially once you got james earl jones
1: right yeah and with this level of visual fidelity that yeah. that will look Ooh. amazing holy crap that's one nor we'll see in 3d
0: yeah because the thing is i'm now like I mean, I don't know you, but I'm just picturing the exact one from the film, and it won't be this. Yeah. But the one in the the film is so good that you can do that. You can picture... It's already animated as well as it needs to be. Yeah. And designed as well as it needs to be. So now, where do they go from there? Don't know, but it's going to look great. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, we'll have to, like... Oh. we'll have to record something as we're coming
0: out of that one yeah yeah no we'll do our episode about that yeah. like we'll record something on the way out and then we'll collect our thoughts yes. maybe see it a second time and then do it like the next weekend or something
1: As a final point on the jungle book though like oh yeah the jungle book. The, the you know you are reusing assets for it what I want to see now I want to see the live action tail spin
0: oh god of course that's what, the, the, that's what they have to do now <laughs> yes like because they've got their Baloo sorted out
1: yep yeah. I want to see this version of King Louis, like, running a bar. <laughs> yes! Ooh, yeah! And, like, this version of Shia Khan. It'd be a different
0: kind of bar. <laughs> you know, it'd be like the one in Batman Begins. <laughs> Falcone's in <sitting> there.
1: Right? <laughs> and this version of Shia Khan running, yes. like, a
0: business. Oh, this would be... Oh, yeah. Like... Whoa. Like, I'm... I started joking. I know. But like... Yeah. Because Disney are now... Their TV animation department's so good right now. Yeah. They could pull this off. Yeah. They've got the staff. (laughs) Oh, this could be good. Yeah. Then they could do a
1: whole... like Then they could redo all of like their famous TV cartoons in this level of visual fidelity. Whoa. Imagine DuckTales looking like this.
0: I mean, we need to give it some time because obviously DuckTales is running now. Oh, yeah. Okay. So we can't go straight to DuckTales. Uh, gummy bears. Wuzzles is way. Up. <laughs> that is wide open. Think of what a Wuzzle would look like in this, in this realistic. It could be their
1: answer to like X Men.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I wonder, would they lean into like what genetic experiments ended up in the Wuzzles <laughs> existing, or would they leave that ambiguous, do you think?
1: Oh, what? So just full superhero?
0: Yeah, pretty much. I mean, well, they don't really have powers, do they? They just... They can fly around and that, can't they, some of them? No. Oh, well, if they have wings, they can, but not, yeah. like, because they're magic. No, no they're No, yeah, yeah. They're literally just, That's just what these characters are, and then they just have normal adventures. Well, there you
1: go, Oh, It's a blank slate. Like yeah. ju- like the Jungle Book. You yeah. can do anything with this. You can make it about colonialism. You can make about, you know...
0: That's the first <laughs> thing you went to, is it?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> make it about man's relationship with nature. You know, you
0: can... You're making about Bee's relationship with Lion.
1: I think this podcast has fallen apart. I think we should end this now.
0: Rhino's relationship with Monkey. This
1: is the last serious business. From now on, it's stupid business. Yeah, exactly. What's next? Pete's Dragon? Yes, I think so. Yes, it is. It is Pete's Dragon next. All that right. Should be an interesting one. Very interesting. Yeah. Very idiosyncratic approach to that one.
0: Yeah. Uh, and this time I'm gonna I'm gonna watch the old one. I don't remember the old film at all. I'm not sure I haven't seen it, so I will also be watching that. Okay. Well, until then, this has been
1: interesting and things. So yes,
0: this has probably been about as long as the frozen one. <laughs> <laughs> Almost three hours. Oh dear, I'm gonna have to do some trimming. Go away, everyone. Oh yeah, go away. Go away. That that is now our sign off. Yeah, it is. That's how we ended. <laughs> Write to us at seriousdisness at gmail.com and one day we might remember our logins and find out if anybody's written to us. <laughs> uh, or at seriousdisness on Twitter. You can find us uh, on Twitter at seriousdisness and me at demon tomato dave and Johan at maus talica, which is like M A U S talica. Our theme tune, don't know if I've ever told you this, is by Bulby on YouTube or Bulba Mike on Twitter and that and also if you're into 90s nostalgia then go and listen to my other podcast Sonic the Comic the Podcast which you will find on you know Apple and that um bye and now some stuff where we were silly that I cut out of the podcast bye my voice is going now yeah mine too I've got (laughs) another podcast to do tomorrow
1: oh really don't you
0: yeah I'm doing uh, uh, in defence of Popeye tomorrow why what did he do (laughs) I have lost my voice. Uh, my voice doesn't usually sound like this. It usually sounds a lot more reasonable. However, there's one upside. <clears throat> That's what friends are for. You're the one who likes to plan, I don't mind. I'll just jump straight in, Yeah, it's
1: fine. I have a broad... Wait, before you do, actually...
0: Face and a little round belly that shook when he laughed like a bowl full of jelly. What I'm going to do... Yes?